Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. Presented by Hunting Exchange, a marketplace for serious hunters by serious hunters. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. 
I'm your host, Andrew Maxwell, and I was not on this outro, actually. So I'm just doing a quick intro right here to let you guys know about some news we wanted to tell you all about, and then I'm going to kick it over to the outro with Jacob, Michael, and a special guest. First things first, Patreon members, okay? Uh, you heard on last week's outro, we gave away a bunch of stuff. So we had prizes from Backwoods Grind Coffee, Backwoods Mobile Gear, JX3 Outdoors, Out on a Limb Manufacturing, MobileHuntingGear.com, and Cash River Leather, okay? So we gave away stuff for each and every one of those companies. It was about $500 worth of stuff that we gave away. I think there was either, there was like six to eight winners. Uh, this coming month, so the month of October, we're doing the same giveaway plus a couple more things. So there's going to be even more winners. You got excellent chances to win stuff if you are a Patreon member entered into that giveaway. Definitely want to thank all those companies for uh, helping us out with Patreon. And thank all of our Patreons for uh, helping us out too. Uh, Y'all are a massive help to us, so it's it's... It's nice to be able to do these giveaways and kind of give something back to you guys. Also, we have in hand a Beast Stand, Lone Wolf Custom Gear DeQuisto Series 1.0, and a Hush Stand from Out on the Limb Manufacturing. Okay, so three of the top lock-ons on the market. Very, very nice stands, all three of them. Very light, very mobile, very compact. Uh, really excited to get to mess with those. Right now, we're actually hunting with them. Uh, Jacob actually shot his doe last week in Tennessee out of the Hush Stand. Um, and after we get to hunt out of them a little bit and get a little bit of experience with them, we're going to do video reviews on those stands. Okay. So those are going to go on our YouTube channel. We're going to look at each of the stands individually. And then I think we're going to also do a comparison video. Uh, you guys let us know what you want to see in those videos, uh, what, what you might want to hear about with any of the stands, any specific issues you want to address or anything like that, that maybe we could talk on, you know, after we get a little bit of like real world hunting experience in them, hopefully we'll be able to talk about them a little bit more realistically, you know, instead of just pulling it out of the box and doing a review, we're going to go out and use them and, and figure out what we like and don't like about them and, uh, and present that to you guys in the video. Once we are finished with that process, we're giving all three of those stands away to our Patreon members, okay? So if you're a Patreon, you are already entered to win one of those stands, all right? So again, a B stand, Lone Wolf Custom Gear stand, and a Out on a Limb Hush stand. That is in addition to all the other giveaways that we're doing. So really, really good chances to win something and really good chances to win one of these really nice stands. Really excited to give those away for you guys. Moving on, though. In a couple weeks, Jacob is picking up his dog. He is getting a German short-haired pointer, uh, also known as a DK in the German lineage. Picking it up from Rusty Gun Kennels up in North Carolina. He's very excited. We're all very excited. But we need a name for this dog. So just like y'all helped us name my dog back in the early spring, we want y'all to help us name Jacob's dog right now here in October. So... Just like we did in the spring with my dog, go to iTunes, leave a review with your name suggestion, and on an outro, we're going to go through there, and we're going to go through those reviews and go through those name suggestions and discuss them. It'll be fun. It'll probably be hilarious, and hopefully we'll, we'll come up with a name. If we choose your name, we will send you some free stuff, um, which will be really exciting. So we're excited to do that. That'll be really fun. Y'all go make sure you drop your name suggestions on there, but I'm going to quit babbling here, and I'm going to kick it over to the outro. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. All right, folks, the last thing I'm going to say about this episode before I kick it over, uh, there is some language in it. I went through and cut out as much as I could, but there is some stuff in here that maybe you don't want to be playing in the car if you got your youngins with you. So uh, just be aware of that, just trying to be courteous for you guys. But without further ado, let's jump right into this outro. Thank you all for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, and welcome back to the outro of this week's podcast with Greg Skufka. Joining me today is the one and only Michael Pike, as we call him, the Dilla. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. 
Oh, man, we got Michael here. And then, hey, we have actually a country cut celebrity, as old uh, Ryan Upchurch calls it, okay, right here in the house, which is the one and only Tyler Malone. Tyler, what's going on, brother? I'm uh, just hanging out. Oh, shoot. Just hanging out. Uh, Tyler, it's, so you haven't been on the podcast since twenty summer of 2020. It's been a long time, dude, because that was before the Velvet Hunt, I think, when you came on. No, it was after, wasn't it? I don't know. I think I think it was before because we you and me were down there. I think it was like in like July we were fishing when you caught that fish. I can look back at it. I think time it was stamped. The, yeah, check it out. <laughs> well, Tyler, you weren't part of the the main episode, but we uh, interviewed Greg Skufka uh, from Pressure Deer Pros and or Pressure Deer Pro, and uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, talking all things primary scrapes, kind of seeing the uh, behind the scenes of what it takes to be successful. You know, laying out primary scrapes. Mike, what's going on there? Oh, I'm just he was thinking what I was thinking. getting Tyler set up over here because he's rocking back and forth. And he's just he's babysitting a little bit. Tyler's just got to make sure that the recorder doesn't stop on his end because uh, I forgot to bring another headset. <laughs> so if the audio sounds a little bit different, because Tyler's using a, uh, a gaming headset in the uh, in the MacBook to record. So it's going to be a little bit different today than anything. But anyway, so listen, guys, season's upon us. I'm just going to tell you right now. I mean, by the time this outro comes out, Certain parts of Alabama is going to be in. Tyler, are you going to go out this weekend? Yeah, going to Tennessee. Oh, oh, oh! You ain't staying here. You're no. going to you're going to hunt the. Okay, all right. You going to say where I'll be at? So everybody will go. No, please don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate. It. I think a lot of other people would appreciate it too by not saying it. Tell everybody where uh, old Ginger hunts in Tennessee. <laughs> oh man, Tyler. Oh God, if you mention where he hunts at, he comes. He shows his ass. <laughs> God, it's top secret, damn. Top secret, man. Dude, freaking, uh, oh, man. 300,000 acre WMA. He don't want nobody to know he hunts it. Absolutely. That's too spe- too specific right there, Tyler. Easy. <laughs> nah, dude. Um, well, hey, Tennessee was a blast. I'm going to let you know right now. It a blast? A, For who? It was, it was a blast last weekend. Shot that doe, man. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I thought you were talking about our Tennessee. I did, too. <laughs> it wasn't too fun. The early season velvet yeah, hunt. Hey, that was a blast, wasn't it, Tyler? <laughs> It was terrible. Hey, we so can get, finally get your opinion on it because, dude, it was a, uh, it was rough. Michael didn't want to hunt. <laughs> you, you and Clay. Listen, Mike laid up in the bed more than he seen. He seen the bed more than he seen daylight. That's true. That was true. I mean, it. Uh, my my funnest time at that trip was trying to convince PK he was PK the whole <laughs> the whole time. Oh, we gotta talk about this. So you know, PK listens to the podcast. This is that is hilarious. So how did that how did that first happen? Because you called me and you were talking about something. Yeah, it's like somebody. I think you or Michael or somebody said he might come up, come up here and hunt or something. Yeah. He's from Florida, so I seen that Florida tag and I said Clay, I think that's PK. So I knew he was from Florida and everything, and uh, just took a wild guess that it's probably him. So I, I seen him one day and he was hunting. I don't know probably four or five miles from us on the dirt on the gravel road and he come out we started talking and then i don't know if i come i don't know if i said hey you ain't gonna lie to me i know you're pk i'm just i mean i mean just shoot the you know i ain't trying to know where you're hunting at i just just i mean just make sure i'm right he said like he, he didn't say no but he like he was afraid that he was he was afraid to answer i said man just don't hide it just i mean hell we're all friends here i mean i'm i don't care where you at i mean i just, I just want to know if you're pk or not and uh and his daddy was smiling in the background, and uh, and old Tony. And we started talking, bro. Like, uh, and I find I think I finally he when I mentioned Jacob and Michael, I think he kind of eased down. We started talking about how he come up here thinking to hunt the beans like everybody else, and he finally was disgusted with it and seen like three does or three deer period, 
and the next that evening he was gonna go scout the woods and i think he ended up doing some pretty good yeah seeing some deer well that was the second time you saw him you saw him the first time and you're like i saw a florida license plate talk to a guy because you, you ran into him twice didn't you yeah and the, the second time was when you confronted him right yeah the, the first time he kind of like he lowballed me and didn't want to speak little, to little me. A little shady. He was like, Yeah, he was weird. Like, you're, huh? you're PK, right? He said, Huh? What? He said, Huh? Who are you talking about, man? And, and then you mentioned Jacob the second time. He's like, Oh, yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah, he's. Does, does he uh, Does he go by PK or does he go. Is that. That's, that's his hunting beast name. So PK stands for Palmetto Kid. That's his hunting beast handle. Uh, so so he knew what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I said, Okay. Yeah, I, tried absolutely. Give, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> oh, uh, but I ain't no idiot. He's, he's, he's playing it low. He's like, he's yeah. like Oh, man. What are you talking about, man? I mean, I, you know, I'm from Florida. This is a rental car. What are you talking about? I didn't drive it from Florida. It wasn't a rental car. I know, but that's, that's, that would be my spell. Like, oh, this, I'm not from Florida, man. It's a rental car. Got that at the airport. At the airport. Um, that was hilarious. But, dude, that hunt, hey, that was that was rough. I know I mean, we, we've already kind of hashed out the hunt, but it was mostly me and Mike, and Andrew was sitting there, like, kind of interview us. But since, you know, we got old Tyler on here. It wasn't funny at all. <laughs> Hey, there was something else that happened to me too. I can't. The, the funniest thing I thought that happened was you ride in on that bike past Michael, and Dude, he was like, "I was hotter than a horror church." Out Daryl Dean. <laughs> Dude, it was no so hot. On. No shirt, just looking. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> you know, Jake was burning up. We got we got all the way back there, and Jake just he just made the turn, and like he, he was sweating. Hell, he had sixty pounds on his back going and hunting off the ground. You know him. He's going in for a couple of months. I mean, he he took a beach chair to lay down in. <laughs> I mean, a beach chair, a big rifle, bog thing. I mean, just throw that some up and hit, let her eat. <laughs> That's what I would do. Oh man, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, listen. So we started walking into that spot because that was a spot we had to go up for a long ways in. And dude, no, when we went to quote unquote scout it, Ty, and you freaking you rode your bike and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go in first. And dude, I was I remember you you went past the gate. I'm still throwing my stuff on, and I'm like, by the time I look up, you're 350 yards from me. It's been literally 45 seconds. And I'm yeah, like, I was letting you? it eat. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to suck because it was hot, it's bro. Like, it's like I went all the way to the back and looked at the spots I want to, and Jacob, did he, did, Jacob like, he like cut it short, and then he go all the, way, all the way to where he said he was going to go. He got hot and just went in the woods right here. I'm not, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even make it to where he said he was going to go, and I was yeah. already headed back out. Yeah. Tyler with the bike, he's like, okay, I'm going to go in deep. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. I get like halfway back there. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm finding the overlooked spot. <laughs> no, you, you found that shade. Well, that shade was, <laughs> well, that sun was. Dude, it was hot mm. as crap, man. It was terrible. I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, that, the mosquitoes, the freaking, uh, the sun, it was terrible. I'll tell you what really threw me off when, when Mike's supposed to be this big damn buck killer, he's laid up in the damn bed. I mean, that just threw me off. I, cause I, I'm thinking, well, if he's going to lay up in the bed, hell, I, I need, I can, I can, I'm going to lay up too, you know? <laughs> I mean, hell, if he ain't going to try, he ain't going to try. You know that's not like me. I know. That's why I thought. I said, e- either he's on some crystal, some bad crystal meth, <laughs> either he got a bad batch, or or what? He's in there laid up. <laughs> yeah, mm. I was like, man, my, I'm like, dude, the, the day when you, uh, uh, Tyler, it was you, me, and uh, Clay, we were driving around Clay's truck. And uh, we left because t- because uh, Mike was sleeping, and y'all were like, "Man, what's wrong with Mike?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. He's tired." And I'm like, "That's kind of." Sh-. I mean, he's like, "That's that's wild." You know, we're out here trying to scout and everything, look for spots, and and Mike's taking seven hour nap. You know, he hunted for until eight o'clock that morning, went and slept to about four, and trying to roll out let's, let's, not, let's not get off on your napping, Jacob. Now I heard some stories. <laughs> now, listen, listen, my nap is go and hunt hard in the morning. You're at the back of the damn truck by seven thirty. Hey, hey. So let's just yeah, get you off. Did all you're sleeping in. 
<laughs> you slept more truck in the Beanfield. <laughs> no, 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 I slept in the Beanfield, but no, I definitely slept in the truck. The, uh, was it you or no? Andrew wasn't there. Yeah, it was you filming me in the truck. Yeah, passed out. I was like, oh, Andrew man. was Andrew there? Heck no, 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 no. That would that would have been funny if Andrew was there. You know, I kind of you know it was bad. We had that hunt. And we're like, you know, we're so hyped up for it. And it was this. It was terrible. And dude, uh, I was miserable. The, I was- the listeners are. Dude, put your fidget spinner down. Dude, please. Okay, listen, this, 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 I've heard that click about 20 times now. It's, it's my, okay, it's my, it's a release, dude. It's a fidget spinner for bow hunters, man. Okay, I'll put it up. Anyways. Um, no, but, so, you know, uh, the listeners probably like, man, they're, they're really dogging this hunt, man. They're probably trying to use some reverse psychology. No, no dude, it, it sucks. Was, it, was, it was a show. Yeah. Everybody said it sucked. Uh, I mean, I mean, you would think you'd see more deer than we did, because I rode and rode every yeah. evening, rode and rode, and I think i seen one decent deer. If I wouldn't have, oh, let's don't get, let's only get on that subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> get all fired up. Some. <laughs> uh, okay, y'all want to hear it? Here it comes. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. When you see a car park at a pull-in, side of the road, drive a pull-in gravel pavement, and it's on a WMA, pretty good chance he's hunting. Would y'all not agree? <laughs> I would I would say so. Pretty, I might say it. I don't know yeah. no head, yeah. no, no damn yeah. head nogging. Yeah. Okay. It, he's yes. When you're putting in your hunt, you take that as this guy's been here since two o'clock in the morning. So you take it. You 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 nod your head at him. You come up the next day. I'm in there set up. I don't know what time it was. I don't know. It's probably about two hours for prime time. I don't know. But I've been in there since two o'clock, sweating. Uh, get down, go to the car, and I go to the car. I look at look like the damn McDonald's parking lot. Behind my vehicle, you had five different cars right behind my vehicle, and I can and I can see two or three hundred yards in front of me. So I know they didn't go that way. They had to be behind me across the creek and another bean field. I ain't trying to be a dick or nothing, but if somebody's hunting in a spot, a car's parked there, you always take it as he's hunting. But if I see a car parked at the spot, I'm going to go on. That's just all there is to it. Because you know how hard that guy's worked his ass off to be in there, scouted. I'm not going to mess him. I don't care if it's a 500 acre track. There's got to be more parking lots, more parking pull offs around. Don't pull in the same. I mean, they had me blocked in. I had to take my little Altima through the damn grass, jumping terrace roads to get out. I thought, man, y'all cut this shit and get out of the way. Sorry, that's all I had on that. <laughs> okay, it all comes down to if somebody's parked there and hunting during the hunting season. I'm not down there collecting sunflowers. I'm not down there collecting ants from my ant, ant tree. I'm hunting. Sorry, I'm done. Y'all take over. Oh, that's funny. Okay, do y'all disagree or y'all? What do y'all do? Y'all agree? I say this in, in, in this instance. You better here. hope you say yes. No, I, I I agree in most situations. The only problem is I haven't ran into this situation, but like if you're again, I've heard people say this, but if you're like on a small piece of public or like not even small, but like say a couple thousand acres, there's only like two parking lots for whatever reason. You're having to park where everybody else is parking. Yeah, or if, I yeah. Mean, if there's a long. If there's a gate and there's a long road where you could have a ton of different areas to hunt, I will walk down through there. Not all the time, but if I've, you know, got this set up mm-hmm. in mind and I get all the way out there and then somebody's there, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and I'll go in. And if somebody weighs me off, yep, sure. I'll, <clears throat> I'll turn right back around and head in a different direction. Hey, Tyler, happened to me in uh, Tennessee uh, opening day, uh, that afternoon hunt, where I was set up. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. That pissed me off again. Listen, and that's, that's right. If, if it's a small piece of WMA and there's only a couple of parking spots, like Mike said, you don't, you don't know where nobody's hunting. You go in, you get flashed off, you leave. Or you go, 
I mean, I, I kind of even think you go to out of their distance of the flashlight then you set up. Because, I mean, if you're bow hunting, you're not going to be able to shoot what they can see or vice versa. You I mean, so on that, yeah, if a small piece of public, same parking, yeah, go in to get flashed off and you just go until he quits flat, he, he, he quits flashing or you can't see the flashlight anymore mm-hmm. instead of if you want to or yeah. leave. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's my take on it. Um, oh, Tennessee, same Tennessee. thing oh, happened yeah, to you. So, Tennessee, so what happened to me in Tennessee? So, dude, there was a lot of people hunting, like, which I mean I, I expected. You're but talking there about people, velvet or this past? No, like this past, past weekend, weekend. Open open day, and there was more people. Nobody was parked on the road I, I hunted on that morning, but I went down to the next road, cross kind of creek, went to the next road, and dude, there was guys parking in spots I've never seen people park in before. I'm like, whoa, this is like getting a little serious now. I mean, there's some guys hunting some thickets, man. Uh, if they're hunting where their trucks are parked, I was like, whoa, now this is again, you know, might see this there muzzle season, don't see the opening day or bow season, um, but. I went to a road. There's a road down there uh, at, at the spot that uh, Mike. I think I've you know told you about. It's on the north side, kind of like where you and me were at uh, last year with all those does. And there's a road down there, dude, with a gate on it. And dude, I came by and there were six trucks slammed next to each other. And it was like at probably eleven o'clock in the morning. Now, by that time, I had already gotten back and was headed to my afternoon spot. <clears throat> it was just crazy, but it was one of those spots, Tyler, kind of situation. You you, you got one gate, and there is probably. Probably goes close, for a mile, but probably close to a thousand acres behind that gate, and it's the only gate like for that little part for that spot right there. So there's guys, they're pro- who knows where they're at back in there. Some guys probably close to the road. Some guys probably go you know way off you know one side or the other. But um, but where I parked at that afternoon, it's like it's my strategy, Tyler, and you probably could relate to this too. Is parking a spot where you can't get another vehicle there. Once you get one vehicle, you ain't no. I mean, if you put another vehicle there, you're blocking the road or you're, you know, you're off the ditch. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's how that spot is where I parked at. <clears throat> and, uh, and I had plenty of guys come on, drive on by, past me, you know, that afternoon. Cause I got in real early parked and then uh, I hiked in, got up on the ridge and anyways, got set up. But the spot I got to Tyler was on the backside of some, some agriculture fields. And, uh, I had, um, a guy like at four o'clock, I've been in the stand by since uh, like three o'clock, had a guy at four o'clock. I could hear something walking out in the, in the field. And I could like kind of look through some of the overhanging branches from me. And I see it's a guy walking, and you got a guy walking. I mean, right towards me at like at 80 yards. And I start whistling, dude. I mean, he can't see me. Like, there's no way he can see me. But I start whistling, and then like caught his attention. He stopped, and I like whistled like very like human. The best way I said human like. Okay, trying to get his attention, and he like turned to walk back. So super respectful, but it was good because that's he came from where I thought the pressure was gonna come from, which is gonna push the deer even right there on top of me, and it worked out perfect. So, but uh. But yeah, that's the one downside. That's you know what? That's the first time I've had somebody walk in on me in a minute for real. Like probably a couple of years. Normally, I never had anybody walk in on me in bow season. So uh, that's and plus of... this this velvet hunt was a rifle hunt too. So well, that, that's probably. the difference there too. What, Michael? I'm taking your fifty <coughs> spinning. I'm putting it, put it in my pocket. You already put it in your pocket once, and you pull it back out and right. start spinning it. And a lot of times, if you if you hunt like you're supposed to and be ste- ste- stealthy when you walk in or quiet, I mean, we can hunt hundred yards from each other. You should you shouldn't be able to hear nobody. Making all kind of racket, or unless they're having a yard sale at the bottom of the tree. <laughs> hey, shoot, uh, Glenn Solomon, dude. He talked about his episode, episode one sixteen, uh, about uh, hunting with buddies, like literally like seventy five to hundred yards from each other, but like staggered, like on gun hunts where they're hunting like a, a power line, and one guy get fifty yards like inside the timber, and the other guy will go down, you know, seventy five yards, hundred yards, and but then get in another fifty yards. So they're they're staggered, you know. Um, 
off the power line and kill Bucks doing that, where you can hear – I remember him talking about the episode. He heard his buddy take the safety off his uh, 270 short mag. He's like, I heard him take the safety off, and I plugged my ears because I knew what was coming. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, absolutely, you can do it, but it's, it's much better when you're doing that with some buddies that you know what's going on. You know, I hate walking in on somebody. That's like the worst thing ever. Because you feel so bad. I feel so bad. I walk in, I'm like, crap, dude. Especially if they park from a different access point, but somehow they, like, wander over to, like, where you're coming in from. Or they use a more traditional parking spot, okay? And then you come in from more, like, creative parking. Like, again, it's maybe off the side of the road or something. Uh, or you park down in a ditch, whatever, and you come up the other side, and you walk in on somebody, I'm like, crap. This podcast is supported by Hunting Exchange. Now, Hunting Exchange, if you haven't heard, is an app for iOS and Android that is your one-stop shop to buy and sell all of your used hunting equipment. Now, the great thing about this, especially as a buyer, you can go on there and find some great deals on used equipment from other outdoorsmen from across the country. One great thing you go on there, unlike social media platforms like what you would find on, say, like Facebook, you can actually go on Hunting Exchange and find some great deals on bows, tree stands, saddles, technical apparel, knives, broadheads, the whole nine yards really one great thing about it is again it's secured and supported by paypal so when you go on all your purchases are insured through paypal so you can buy with confidence now the great thing is also as a seller you can go on there and be a part of a great network of other outdoorsmen and be able to go on and sell whatever gear you'd like and be able to reach more people without having to worry about being banned or blocked on social media platforms like what we see on facebook again it's a great place to go purchase your gear and also connect with other outdoorsmen across the country Cruiser Saddles is the newest addition to companies supporting this podcast. Cruiser is the maker of saddles and saddle hunting gear. Uh, me and Jacob actually met Chad, the owner, at our Bozenbrews event in March of 2020. We were demoing a lot of different saddles there from a lot of different companies, and he showed up with his products, which were brand new at the time, and everybody there was extremely impressed with them, including me and Jacob. We ended up getting some of the saddles for this past hunting season and used them all year from, basically, we started hunting in August and hunted until February. No complaints. Really liked them. The durability was there. The comfort was there. The wearability was there, you know, walking in and out through the stand. So we were very impressed. You can go back to some of the episodes from last year and actually hear us you know live through the season talking about these things we talked about them a lot in the podcast from last year's season just really impressed and we think you would like them too so go to their website and check them out we ran the xc orders ship the same day or next day unless otherwise indicated and you get free shipping on orders over 300 dollars we really appreciate cruiser for supporting this show you guys go show them some support as well now like like you just said if say if we're hunting just a square block of timber I park on right on the right side. If you're looking at an overview, a square piece of timber. I park yep. on the right side and, you, and I park on the left side. Two miles separates us. Now, if he walks two miles and walks in on me, I don't get mad. But if you park in the same parking spot and walk in on me, that's a different story. That's why I don't. Yeah, well, I mean, it all dictates, especially how big that is. But uh, not to get us too sidetracked, uh, back to the topic at hand. Now, Tyler, you can kind of give a little input on this, but I want to talk to Michael about this too. The whole aspect of the primary scrapes. Uh, I found that was very, very interesting kind of hearing Greg and his perspective on the primary scrapes and, again, how he goes about manipulating the habitat and placing them in the perfect ambush point. Not just putting a primary scrape out or like a community scrape, but actually putting it in the perfect point for ambush. So I found that extremely interesting. I actually talked to Andrew about that today, and it's a, it's, it's a fascinating topic to be able to kind of do that. Yeah, I thought Greg was a really good uh, – he was very well-spoken, very knowledgeable – uh, really got all of his points across. Like, you know, he was really easy to listen to. Um, and uh, I, re- I thoroughly enjoyed that podcast. Yep. So, Tyler, you'll probably have a chance to hear it once it comes out. But 
getting the whole aspect of just, you know, placing these primary scrapes. Instead of like, you know, you hear guys talk about doing mock scrapes. Oh, I did a mock scrape. I actually talked to a guy today that's huge about making mock scrapes, and he's going to be a future guest of the podcast. But as Greg talks about, there's a difference between a, there's a mock scrape versus a primary scrape, where a primary scrape you're going to have seven, eight, ten licking branches for that one spot compared to like one or two licking branches, you know, in, in a in like a standard, what he would call a secondary scrape. Uh, and that's what some guys make is a mock scrape, and it's just like a – looks like a standard uh, secondary scrape. Um, so that whole aspect is really interesting. Also, just the, the science behind it. One thing I found very fascinating was the aspect of how he tested the different wood mm-hmm. and different trees and plants that he was using. There are different limbs from different species of trees to see what they favor the most. But not only found out which one they favored the most on his property, which was American basswood, but also went into more detail and figured out, well, why could that be? And finding out about the softness test and how it's, again, uh, from what he saw, the fourth softest wood species, uh, you know, that was in the testing. And then also how it doesn't carry any natural scent or odor from, you know, different oils and everything in the wood. Yeah, that was that was a really good point. I really liked how he mentioned each one of these deer you know, want to use their own kind of licking branch, uh, which brought me to that setup last year that I did. And I, I'd made that little mock scrape right there, but he didn't, he wasn't entertaining that, you know, he went right back across the, the deer trail and kind of made his own and, you know, rubbed his scent all on another tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hmm, that's kind of interesting. Was that mock scrape you put out? Was that used by any other bucks before he came through? Um, you know, I don't know because not before he came through, cause he came through like the same day, like two hours after I was in there. But, um, I don't know if any others used it because my camera died. So yeah, I found I'm on video mode. So, well, I found that interesting too, just about how, um, and Tyler kind of hashed it out for you. He, he believes Greg kind of looking at the testing and everything that these bucks like will use a specific looking branch, like especially if there's multiple bucks in the area, they each will have, like, at this community scrape or this primary scrape, they'll each have their one looking branch that they'll kind of use the most, and they won't necessarily use each other's. So that's the advantage of having multiple looking branches. Well, he'll come in, like you said, he's cutting five-foot limbs down, and he wants all the leaves on there and everything, and he's hanging between, I mean, seven, eight, ten of them all together over, like, this area that he's going to use as a primary scrape. And also one thing I really thoroughly enjoyed was how he doesn't use scents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's truly, like, just giving the uh, optical, uh, I guess, appearance or just how – how am I putting this? You're giving them the visual to then come in and do what's natural to them. Right. Like, you're just putting that perfect setup for them that they're like, oh, this is great, and start using it automatically mm-hmm. instead of having to manipulate and even tear – he talks about not even scraping up the ground. Nothing. Doesn't scrape up the ground. He'll just he'll have that set up and it's the perfect licking branches. Also, he talks about putting the licking branches from. He did mention, though, yep. that the ground had to be bare. Yeah. You know, he would go in with Roundup mm-hmm. and kill know, whatever's kill there. All the weeds, <clears throat> making sure what, you know, wasn't too rocky or anything. Like, he wanted it to be primed. Prime, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like kind of cutting stuff down, uh, weed, or um, spraying around it, like right underneath where that scrape should be, like when they start opening it up. But yeah, Tyler, I mean, he's not going in. He's not kicking stuff up. He's not pe- peeing in it or anything like that. And the other interesting aspect was, again, the different heights he puts the licking branches. Mm-hmm. He's like, the optimal height is five foot six, so five and a half feet. Then he'll put some at, you know, four feet, some at four and a half feet. 
They kind of, so that I think you said five or and four and a half. Four and a half. That's right. Yeah, no, you're right. Four and a half and five. So that everything from a, a doe or just from a fawn all the way up to a mature buck can hit looking branches. And you have all that scent in one area. Mm-hmm. So that's why I found that, re- real, that was real interesting. You're trying to really bring all those deer, that whole herd, that whole like family group into this one area and leaving all that scent there. I'm like, that's that's super. It's, it's fascinating. It really mm-hmm. is. And also just the amount of detail that he's put into running trail cameras out there and like testing everything and figuring out what works best there, which again, like you heard with a lot of our guests, and we talked about this in last week's uh, outro, not everything you hear will directly apply to where you're at regional-wise. Everything's going to be different. Like Again, like I'll talk to Andrew, like we don't have basswood down here in the deep south. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to figure out what other tree. But it made him think about, he's like, hey, you know, what tree could that be down here? And one thing, we started talking about the softness test, and he said maybe cottonwood, something like that, we could try to test out. Uh, but we, I brought up beach because you brought beach during the episode mm-hmm. of like, I mean, you always find scrapes under beech trees. And Andrew's like, is it association just with the perfect licking height, like licking branch height? Which yeah, a lot well, of that was are. my exact exact thought when he was talking mm-hmm. about it last night. I, I I think it really has something to do with it. I mean, and that's something I've said. You know, they always seem to be at the right height. Yep. Like they're, you know, just it's a perfect setup for a, a licking branch. So is he trying? Is he trying to decipher which tree to hunt? Like put them in different heights, just to see if if the does gonna hit all this. Yeah, straight he tested and them the, out. He tested out different heights, and five foot six is what he came up with as far for as for like, like for like mature bucks for or yeah. like mm-hmm. like mature bucks and some does. So so some reason, so you're telling me if I put a scrape at four foot eleven, a mature buck would not hit that would not hit that scrape. No, he's just saying it's the perfect perfect height, like. I guess there was more activity on the five at, foot at six. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I, I don't know if you just like there's a you said a four foot for the does. It was a four foot six, five, and then five foot six. So five. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try that. Go out there and put a five foot six mock scrape. You know all the scrapes I had last year, them big deer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know what that was. I'm gonna try a five foot six and a four foot six and see which big bucks that they hit. Well, also now one thing he talks about and you'll, you can, we can kind of explain this a little bit more for Tyler and also just for the listeners too, but it's, it's having that whole aspect of multiple branches. It's not like you have one or two looking branches. I mean, he's going, he's cutting looking branches. Now he has a bracket system that he's a proprietary bracketing system that he uses that, um, kind of his setup for these mock scrapes, which you can't really do on public land is he goes in with like a T post and he'll like freaking post hole, placed a, a post in the ground like a seven foot post and then he'll screw in these brackets on there that these branches will go into and it'll arc them out away from that post uh like five to six feet away uh but puts them at the perfect height so we have some of them you know th- i'll say i'm just making an example five or six at the five and a half foot he'll have a couple at the four and a half foot and then he'll have a couple at the at the four foot line or four and a half foot line i'm, I'm botching it anyways but just so there's a wide range, so all deer of all sizes can come and hit their own looking Oh, range. okay. I thought you were talking about, okay, I got you now. So, because his goal, his goal is not just to bring those bucks in, but it's something that all the does are going to be using and their fawns are going to use. So, like, does he cut, like, does he cut, like, beech trees, limbs off? That's what they always hit up there. Yeah, that's, so that's what we would use. Yeah. Uh, up there, they have a, a wood or a tree called a uh, basswood, and it it's basically the best one that he's tried out he tried out how many do you remember how many different tree types he tried out it was a bunch though it was like over 10 though right 
Yeah, it was uh, ten different species, and he talked. He talk, he names them in the podcast. Uh, he tested for two years, and what he did was he put them on all primary scrapes and see and saw which ones had the most action, the most use, especially with, like the chewing. And bass would by far outbeat everything else. Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, now you could also do it with some of them big zip ties too, to like a normal tree, because because the the tree part is not what he's using. He's using the limbs, right? Yeah, so you the, can just take limbs. any tree, yeah, since trim we don't, it up. Yeah, since we don't have T-post, I mean... What I don't you, see why you couldn't take a T-post driver. I don't know. I mean, Yeah, I, I don't know the kind of legality, legality. Of, what, yeah. of what you could do with that. Um, but it's, it's, I'll say this, it's interesting. Because what I thought, instead of doing that as, like that setup, it's just setting up in an area where you have a good standing tree that you then can go and you know zip tie everything well, That's to. what he was just saying. Yeah, and I yeah. think that would work perfect. Just, just yeah. trim it up to about... Seven foot, and then use big zip industrial zip ties, and take two or three and zip tight and stick them down. Zip tight, like make sure they're long so they'll have an arch on it. Yep. And then don't don't the juries make that kind of stake. Somebody makes one that has like it's a it's a fake tree with a big metal platform on it. Yeah. With anchors. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Um, They got something like that too. But I think the the biggest thing here is just it's I think the. Most people, and Greg talks about this episode, most people think of a scrape as like what's happening on the ground, but that's more irrelevant compared to the licking branches. Most people overlook the importance of those licking branches because that's what those deer are leaving a lot of scent on. Yeah, you know, at certain points of the year, they're scraping and actually like scraping the ground up and urinating it. But majority of the year, they're just actually chewing on and leaving scent on those branches and the leaves and everything. Mm. So that's something that most people overlook that you need, you know, focus a little bit more on kind of like your perspective is, hey, more importance go towards the actual licking branch in a good setup for them to scrape the ground, but not so much on focusing just the ground and having just a random overhanging branch. Because, you know, some of the mock straights I'm thinking about, I'm like, dude, I've just scraped up the ground underneath some overhanging branches and left it instead of put more thought into the overhanging branches for the licking branches versus just tearing the ground up. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. Again, I was, I was telling Andrew, dude, I was thinking some spots where it could be very effective, like doing that. Um, especially, you know, one thing that Greg talks a lot about is, you know, when it comes to daylight movement of bucks on scrapes, he's like the fact, the difference between putting that scrape in like open, like on the, say uh, on the edge of like a field versus putting that inside the cover, like that security cover. I think he was talking about it was like tenfold on like just the overall more amount of daylight photos you're going to have of that buck in consistent photos compared to if it's out in the open somewhere uh, away from that security cover. So okay. something about setting that primary scrape up um, inside that security cover or just in the edge of that security cover, I think it's just interesting. But mm-hmm. Tyler, another thing that he talks about is um, the aspect of he doesn't just put a primary scrape out just to put a primary scrape out. He's looking at the setup, okay, how can you get in clean, entrance and exit route clean without being seen or smelled or heard? But also, he picks the tree he's going to hunt before he makes the scrape. So he's going to find that tree that's perfect for his setup. He's got good back cover and everything. And then he's going to correlate where that tree's at to where he's going to put the scrape so he has the perfect, you know, whatever distance shot he wants to have. So is he going off like terrain features that funnels in there to that scrape? Or he just... It's what he calls the X factor. So explain that. So what you have is like two different areas. You have like a bedding area and you have a feed area and you have like two of those. And he tries to find like in like some kind of feature, whether it be water or whether it be terrain that kind of crisscrosses those. It'd be very similar to like a hub of sorts. You know, you have like a trails coming into one area that are leading from something to something. 
and he'll try to place them up around those spots. Yep. And uh, he talks about on his property because this is on his private farm. It's like 280 acres, which isn't huge. Um, having that diversity, that cover, and that, that thickness of cover as well in some of those spots. But he said some areas, it's a tight travel corridor. It might be open woods, but it's real close to uh, some thicker cover that these deer are using for traveling, and it works out just fine. But, um, but yeah, that X factor. And also something else he talked about, which I found was interesting, setting that primary scrape up where he has what I'm going to call a back wall, like what PK talks about, some kind of obstacle or something that a deer can't come through. So he has to go around it. So you can hunt it with a good wind that that buck still, when he's coming around that feature, whether it's a pond, he gave an example, whether it's a, uh, a creek, um, he can come in with his wind advantage, but he can't smell you because you're just off wind using that train feature uh, to your advantage. Uh, I found that really interesting as well. But that, that, to me, that makes it even more challenging when you're kind of going putting a primary scrape up of like, where's like the best location to do that at then? Because um, I was thinking a lot about our family farm because this would be perfect for our family farm um, to do. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, what kind of, what kind of obstacle out there? What kind of back wall is on that property that we could put a mock scrape or put that primary scrape next to in that security cover that would allow those deer to come around it with a wind advantage, but without, you know, you know, smelling me. And I just, I can't think of anything down there, at least off the top of my head. Oh, okay. You know where I mean you hunted with that Creek and that water right, right behind us. Uh, what mean you? There's me and somebody else. Oh, red? Oh, team red? No. I don't know where, where it was. There's a Creek that come out the main lake. 15 foot wide everybody go back wall to use mm-hmm. that's what he talks about it's like uh, he's got like a, a it sounds like a small river that runs through his place it's not very wide at all but it has like really steep banks and he, one of his setups that he killed a buck I think it was last year two years ago um, it was on that creek setup where that buck was coming in off a bend where he the, the wind was going out over the creek and that buck was coming in off a bend, so he has that wind advantage as he comes into the primary scrape. But Greg stands just far enough in this situation to the south that with like that western wind, he can't smell him. Is um, he a south hunter or is he from Michigan? High pressure up there. One thing he talked about too is just the high pressure, but also like the the quality of bucks that they're trying to kill. You know, he's trying to kill a five and a half year, you know, five year old buck up there, and uh, you know they do. I mean, his wall's kind of crazy. Some of the deer he's killed, but I don't know. It just gave me thinking, maybe think you know, how you could implement that down here. Also, one thing he talks about, he likes to do his primary scrapes in the springtime and just do the licking branches. Again, doesn't tear up the ground. But he said he'll do them all the way up until where he's at, until September. Then after September 1st, you know, he's out of the woods. It's not He's not doing anymore. But he said it's just in relations to when the rut is. Well, here, you know, with our rut being like December and some places in January, you know, we still have plenty of time to be able to do that if we wanted to down here. So a lot of our southern listeners – you know, if you want to implement a primary scrape, I mean, you could. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you'd have plenty of time. So, and also the video version of this, I guess, uh, come at some point. What's up? Yeah, well, I was thinking about the video version. There really wasn't a whole lot of like written examples besides that one mm-hmm. that we went over. So what? Well, what I thought what I thought to do was get with Greg, and while he's hitting on certain topics, actually using like Onyx or using Google Earth something as an example where we can do an aerial map maybe of his property of some of the different uh, primary scripts locations and the different setups that we can kind of overlay with some of that. So people have a little bit more examples. I actually, that's originally what I was going to talk to him about because um, I think that would look really cool because he has them all marked on his maps. Um, so he could kind of show us like, hey, you know, aerial map. Okay, it's located right here. Show us kind of the travel corridor. We can kind of animate the map and then also kind of show, you know, how that wind's working there. We, you know, team Mike. 
hey, listen, I'm, I'm just here with the creative ideas that <laughs> makes it work for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm just in charge of setting podcasts up. That's it. How about, how about you go make us millionaires off the podcast? We'll put you to work. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, all right. That's, I think that's enough on that on that part of the episode. Uh, we get, we, we got to get to a uh, freaking season. So, t- Tyler, hold on. By the way, so you're hunting. By the way, are you going to have a saddle right now? Yeah, I just brought it in. Is that I, what you brought in? I got it. Man, you rocking the cruiser, son. XE, pretty sweet. How comfortable is it? Oh, it's amazing. Real comfortable, it's, isn't it? Like, it was so comfortable. Like, I was most times going to hunt off the ground in Tennessee. I made a... I made it and I, just to go find a tree to sit in it. Yeah. The, the last yeah. evening I hunted, I was I was sitting, my platform was probably two foot off the ground. I just sat in it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. When we did the Bows and Brews event uh, a couple of years ago. 2020. March uh, 2020. Cruiser basically had their saddles down there, and I brought my Phantom. Um, I think that was the only Phantom that was there. Yeah. Um, and there were how many other ones? Like three? I had three uh, a couple, couple, couple Arrow Hunters. Um we have, you have the JX3, um, were, and then Manus, I think. We there, had. Yeah, there were a lot of different options, and it it didn't matter. Like, the, the Phantom at that time I thought was the most comfortable mm-hmm. that I'd seen. And it had in. just – I think it just released, too. Yep. Um, but everybody was, you know, raving over the Cruiser, and so I had to go sit in it myself. And, and that's the XC. And, yeah, I thought it was really, really comfortable. Yeah, well, without using the pleated seat, it's still – I mean, it, it, even the pleated. Yeah, I didn't even use the pleated yeah. seat version because I'd, I'd had the, uh, uh, what was the one that Wild Edge did? Um, yark. 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 You had a Yark? Oh, yeah. yeah I had a yark. did have one. And it had the pleated seat. Yep. And, I mean, it was nice, but that one without the pleated seat was more more comfortable than any of the saddles I've used. And I used the Arrow Hunter. Um, I used the, the one by Wild Edge. And, uh, by tethered so yep now the one thing about that that cruiser saddle uh and, and chad over at cruiser um he oh, he's, he's a nice guy too oh yeah absolutely he no they they use a very stiff uh mesh uh material for the seat which makes it more rigid which to me adds more in comfort some people are like oh stiffer mm-hmm. that doesn't sound good when you're sitting in it but it does because it doesn't want to ride up on you it doesn't really want to it doesn't want to initially conform to you mm-hmm. like the seat it, it just kind of i don't know it's more it's it's the best way to say it is you just got to find somebody local to get in it real quick just so you can kind of feel it for yourself and experience it because it, it's it's pretty awesome, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. Because one time I had eight different saddles from six different manufacturers, and, yeah, that one blew me away. That's yeah. one reason why they're, you know, sponsored the podcast, advertised on the podcast. What was crazy is I was hunting out of a, a sit-drag. Well, the first sit-drag I ever had, I bought it from Ernie Powell and was talking on that – uh. The saddle hunting forum is oh, a yeah. it ain't it wasn't you it wasn't Facebook it was a the actual forum yeah the actual forum and uh, this was probably five years ago four years ago and uh, I went on there and asked him anybody had a video of splicing the the bridge he said hey just send it to me and I'll do it for you and so I've been using that for a while then I got the X uh, the X two was it company called um, talking about the JX3? No. no. Uh, what's that? Uh, Latitude? No. It, oh, uh, H2. 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 Yeah, H2. That just wasn't for me. Yep. Just keep it pretty PG here. It wasn't for me, so I sold it. Fist and B Tennessee Velvet Season. I uh, got on a cruiser. I asked y'all what y'all thought, yep. and it was a Sunday, and he he only lives like two hours from me. So I drove up there on a Sunday. He met me on a Sunday. Opened his door, went in, tried the platform, tried to settle on. Bullshit with him for probably 30 minutes, and I left with him on a Sunday. Now, that's 
to me, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but uh, it's a. Did, like you, did it. you tell me you were friends of us? No, I told y'all didn't know y'all. <laughs> he, gave, he, he gave me a discount. I actually didn't know y'all. So it worked out good. I hear you. <laughs> this podcast is supported by Marks Outdoors. If you're from around Birmingham, you know of a, a staple in the hunting community here, and that would be Marks Outdoors. They've been in business in the same location for over 40 years, family-owned and operated, and they have a reputation for being one of the best bow shops in the southeast. As we inch closer and closer to deer season, if you haven't already, it's time to dust off that bow and make sure that she's ready to roll for this hunting season. Go stop by Mark's Outdoors and check out their archery counter with Mark and Robbie, two guys I've known for years, excellent bow techs. They've worked on my bow since I started bow hunting. They got all the knowledge and accessories that you need to get ready to rock for this bow season. While you're in there, also make sure you check out their gun counter. They got a ton of nice rifles for everything from AR platforms to nice deer rifles and a bunch of nice shotguns as well. They also have one of the best knife selections in Alabama. I mean, really nice stuff. All kinds of custom knives in there and their ammo selection is just unbeatable as well. We're thrilled to have Marks Outdoors on board. We thank them for supporting the podcast. Now we're going to ask you guys to go support them. Whoa, 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 guys. Hold on now. You've been listening to a lot of our content, getting a lot of free content lately. If you've been listening to the show for quite some time and enjoy the show, one way you can help support us is join our Patreon. Uh, if you join the Patreon account, you get access to all kinds of content, including GPS studies, giveaways, and videos. Now click the link in the show notes below and join the Patreon today. All right, so you say you're a fan of the Southern Outdoorsman podcast and you love the show. You tell all your buddies, you might even leave us a review on iTunes, but you're not rocking Southern Outdoorsman merch. What's going on? Now, you can fix that today. Just head on over to our website, southernoutdoorsman.com forward slash shop. You can check out the new t-shirts, new decals, and everything else we have on the website. Or better yet, you can click the link in the show notes below and go directly to the website from there. Love to see you in the Southern Outdoorsman merch. Thank you guys for the support. Hey, uh, did you try out the uh, that seeker platform? Yeah, How'd it's like uh, it? I liked it. Did you? I, I like the curve on the. It the, don't put that pressure on your archery foot. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I haven't even messed. With, I haven't. I haven't got one yet. Uh, I messed with one, but I was thinking more and more about leaning because I'm a big leaner. Did you not? Did you not use one at the expo? Did you not stand on one? No, I, ne- I never. I never got never, in. when we went over and oh, talked to him at the expo. I never got in one. I mean, I never like got in a saddle to do it. I just like stood. I mean, on it, but. I didn't lean into it like I was in a saddle. So yeah, it's so much better. I think, but ain't, ain't tethered making that part now to fasten onto their platform. Who's no, making that? No, 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 that's that's a guy out of Kentucky. There's okay. a guy out of Kentucky well, doing that. He, I know it's a lot of people going with that. It's like a pricey too. Are they? It's like yeah, it's pricey. <laughs> I went with the cruiser, yep. uh, hunted with it four sits, three sits. Yep. And uh, I've tried. I hadn't tried the. I think I've tried the Phantom one time. It's it's real comfortable. It's just I got a big ass and I think it's. Too small for me. That's just, but they did come up with a, then they come up with like a big one. Yeah, they came up with an XL version. More like your size, Jacob. Yeah. So that fits you good. And for me, it's just, <laughs> to me, it's just too big. The small, the regular Phantom was too big, too small for me. And, uh, Cruiser, I like it. So yeah, that's awesome. what I'm going to hunt with. And it's fairly, it ain't, I think it's about the same price as the Phantom, like 250 260 Yeah, something like that. And that's another thing. I always hear people like talk about how expensive stuff is. And I mean, stuff is expensive. When you're trying to get into the mobile stuff, I mean, I mean, you can go as cheap as you want. I mean, you can go and get a – you go find yourself a, a used lock-on tree stand, like an original lock-on stand, and try to buy one from a gar- from a uh, uh, garage sale for 15 20 bucks, and then get you some sticks, and you can run with that. But when you start talking more like premium gear, 
which the reason why you're paying more for is because it's more purpose built for what, the, what you're trying to do. That's like those saddles. Saddles are expensive. Um, you know, tree stands are expensive. I was messing around. We're about to do at some point, <laughs> Mike. We gotta do it. We gotta do a, a, some video reviews for the. Uh, we got a, a hunting bee stand. I've got a, a lone wolf. Uh, custom Have you here. heard about that? But what? Have you heard about this? About the giveaways for the Patreon members? I'm not gonna sign up. That's oh. what you're getting at. <laughs> Thank you though. I appreciate we're the offer. A, we're giving oh. away a. a Six hundred dollar B stand. Six hundred fifty dollar. Six hundred fifty dollar B stand. Uh, five hundred fifty dollar. Lone Wolf custom gear. One point And then a three hundred and fifty dollar uh, hush stand from Out on the Limb, and a set of four Shakara sticks. It's gonna be a hunt ready package. If yeah. I if I won, I'd just sell it. That ain't right. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't ever use it. So I'd rather somewhere else. There you go. Well, I'm gonna just shoot shooting straight here. If I yeah. want it, well, I'd I know you it. better than that. You'd get it, and then you'd turn around and sell it. For a hundred dollars over MSRP, make a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm a. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hey, he's awesome. I mean, there you go. Have you, have you seen him? All the st- free stuff he comes away with when he talks to somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. comes away with more stuff than you do. Well, hey, and that's why I won't pay two fifty for the master class. That's just me. Now, Michael, I, if I was you, I'd pay four hundred for it because you're struggling, buddy. <laughs> buddy, you're struggling. Just to be honest with you. That's why I'm just gonna stick to public land. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's so uh, funny. You pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> they should upcharge Mike. <laughs> hey, 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 they're gonna. Hey, Mike. They're, hey, hey, Tyler. They're gonna have to hold his hand through that whole. That maybe whole a couple. Hey, maybe hey, a couple of vapes. Hey, if you y'all want it. me to, though, I'll sell y'all two hundred fifty dollars public land uh, guide package. Uh, well, listen, Mike. I seen you hunting public land in Tennessee. You didn't leave the freaking bed. So there you go. Let's go on with the next one. Okay. Say, okay. The the saddle. Okay. Well, what are you gonna hunt with this year? Do as Jacob? I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna use? Uh, all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, um, saddle-wise, of course, got a Cruiser XC. Um, but uh, the first hunt of the year, dude, I actually hunted out of the um, that um, out in the limb hush stand, dude. It's freaking sweet. I've got it in my truck. I'll let you mess around with it. A little oh, bit. I've already met. I, I went. I went in there and turkey hunted with Matt last year. Oh, you, you messed and with I it. I seen it firsthand. It's, it's super light. Well, so I've, so it fits on your. Uh, the, what I like about it, it's the smallest of those three stands, the 1.0 and the uh, B stand. B stand's huge, dude. The B stand. I think Tiffany's holding that thing in the video. Dude, the B stand, it is so much larger platform than I expected it to be. I mean, I kind of knew the dimensions, but like when you actually see it in person, like it's it's a big stand. Which I mean, for a lot of people, like they like that. But for when you're packing it in, if you're using that backpack, so I got that Kafari, uh, the tactical frame and the Woodsman bag. That hush is real small uh, platform, and it sits on that freaking the, the frame perfect. And you can put your bag over the top of it. It's nice and compact. You walk through the woods through thick cover. It's not extending out past me on the sides and not past really the back of my neck at all. Um, so it packs really, really well. But, dude, it bites into a tree. Like, no, it's crazy. I've seen the standoff with the, with the platform. You don't tow hook it. You know, like all these guys like using the B stand, yeah. and like the uh, 1.0s, this, or even a lone wolf, uh, like an you alpha or a salt stand. They have to get on the seat, they tow hook it to cam it. Dude, you don't do that with that stand. That hush, you literally, just like while you're standing next to it, like on your stick. This is the hush or the B stand you're talking about? Hush. Talk the hush. hush. Okay, you yeah, lost me. Talking here. hush. Okay. Because uh, it fits on your bag. Yeah, it fits it on your frame. Well, good. It's, it's easy for packing in, I think. Now, if I was not using a pack frame, any of them be freaking awesome, like, especially like that the 1.0 or the Beast. If you're just packing it, like you have some backpack straps on it, any of them be fine. But for on your backpack, they they sit up too high. Um, for me at least, going through the thicker cover. But um, but that hush stand, you literally just are sitting next to it, standing next to it on your sticks, and you just lift that platform up, push the seat post down a little bit, just kind of sit it, and just cam it down, and just like just close the platform, and it bites. 
there is no tow hooking needed. Like it is super, super solid. And we actually tested at Andrew's house on a, a really hard um I think it was it might have been a hickory or something like that. It was a real hard tree and it it was the only stand that bit in well the other one's bit in once we tow hooked it, but it was it was a little bit of a pain. I don't know if the hush stand yep. that I seen the when I was there, it had a hook it had like a inserts for the sticks. Is is that still did he okay, I don't know if it was a prototype I looked at or so nope. he made that in production. Because yeah, you, you saw like early on. Yeah, I saw yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, but he had it he had it made and but he hadn't started shipping none yet. Yep. And uh I think it's Pee Wee, he's a shop assistant, me and Pee Wee. Yeah. We messed around with it. He was showing me the thigh bolts, well, I don't know thigh bolts, so the little inserts where you st- you stack the sticks on. Mm-hmm. Is that what you got the yeah, same? Yeah, so okay. it's the same design. So it's uh it has its own threaded um I don't know what would you call it, a threaded insert, insert that are that are welded onto the stand. Uh, there's four points of, or four of them, two for each stick, and the sticks go on there. And there's like the new cars have like a attachment system for them, anyways. But that uh, this bolt runs through them, and you screw them down, and I mean it is secure. So you don't have to use like you know bungee straps or anything else to hold them onto the stand. You do think it's a lot of setup as far as the stand and stick combo? No. I mean, no, because if you're going to go light as sticks, you No, go, I'm talking about as far as the company that makes the stand and sticks. That, 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 that freaking, the .5, that, it ain't lighter than the .5 and the minis by no means. Because we, yeah, I mean, the .5 and the minis from Lone Wolf Custom Gear is probably factory complete setup from one company is probably going to be the lightest. Um, Shikars and four, four, well, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think, what what were the length of those Shikars that we had at the at the expo? 17, probably. Were those, that was on the stand? I don't know, were they longer? Because he's got minis, but I don't know if the minis will fit on there. The minis are 14s, ain't they? See, see Tyler, I'm, I'm saying this without actually truly knowing everything, but I do know the .5, Michael had the .5 and the the four minis, and it was, you know, for what it was, it was, I mean, it's pretty light. Dude. I mean, the .5 and the minis from Long Wolf Custom Gear, in my opinion, was lighter than when I put that whole setup on my back. But you said the stand itself. It, let's go grab the stand. You, if I was to grab a comparable size stand, yeah. maybe it was it's, lighter or as light. It's more it's more comparable to the point five. The point five probably is still is a little bit lighter because it's saying actually it technically per specs the hush they're saying is coming in at eight pounds and it's a light eight pounds. And I've got the one point The one point feels heavier than the hush. Like just and I had my brother test it too. Mm-hmm. I had a couple other people grab them side by side, and the hush is definitely the lightest out of those three stands. But point five is going to be, I think, the point five is going to be lighter, yeah, uh, for sure. But it's it's a lot smaller too, right? But also, listen to hush. So this is another thing. Listen, I'm getting a little I'm going down the tree stand route a little bit. Has that I think it's 21 inch seat post height. It's like two and two and a half inches or two inches higher, maybe three inches higher than the lone wolf and the beast. Well, I'm going to say the lone wolf. I think the beast too. Beast has a shorter, like 18. 19, 20 inch seat height. But anyways, it makes a difference because it's got a shorter platform, but you sit up a little bit higher and you don't feel like your feet are like hanging over the edge or anything. Anyways, it's pretty sweet. But I used that stand long story short. It was great. Enjoyed it. Um, Andrew messed around with it. We're still going to look and uh, mess around a little bit. But anyways, Tyler, to get back to your answer, I mean, I've just been going on for 15 minutes now. Um, I'm using, so I'm using the Cruiser XC saddle and that's going to be more for like when I have no idea where I'm going and I'm just kind of like walking into a spot that I'm going to try to check out. The XC is going to be with me with some sticks and the platform. And then uh, if I'm more specifically going to a small spot or if I'm going in an area that I need to be tight to a tree, I'll probably take one of the stands uh, and sticks. And then uh, a little bit later in the season during gun season, I'm going to take the uh, the Lone Wolf uh, uh, Alpha Climber. So the Cast Climber. 
uh, for a couple spots. There's a couple spots I know for sure I'm taking that stand to get up really, really, really high. You said the, the hand climber or the no, sit and climb? Sit and climb. climb. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, good, good point. It's the uh, sit and climb. So yeah, Andrew got one too. Got it with the uh, that has more seats. Yeah. Cool thing again, another advertising podcast, but that has more seat. That net seat, you sit up like four to six inches higher in the stand, so you can shoot your bow very easily from a seated position. Where when you're in the sit and climb, normally you're sitting down, you can't draw your bow because you're going to smack your freaking limb and lower cam on the uh, on the rails. So it's kind of sweet. I think that's a really good selling point right there. Yeah, that's what I talked about actually. Well, in the ad I recorded, but Andrew didn't use. I talked about that that because you sit up four to six inches higher, you literally don't have to stand to shoot. I mean, four to on, six. I guarantee it's more than that. It probably is. Yeah. It probably be six to eight. Yeah, like, for real. But it also some people adjust their hang. Their, it's like a hammock style, you know, like your traditional like summit seats and like your lone wolf seats uh, for climbers. They hang down. Yeah, like I mean, a pretty good. I mean, normally, when you're sitting there, that you crossbar. Got, you got that much. Yeah, that crossbar is like right in your side. Normally, for me, it's like you know, kind of right love handles. So uh, you know, it, it's it's sizable. But when you get that has more seat, I mean, you sit up way higher and you can sit from a shooting position. It, it's nice. Also. It slides. It does slide slide out of the way a lot easier. When yeah, you shoot. that was my biggest problem way back in the day when I used to use uh, those seats. Like, uh, so I had a lone wolf sit and climb also, and mm -hmm. the the uh, the rest or I mean the seat portion like the backrest or mm -hmm. whatever the padding. Yeah, it would always get in the way whenever I up. was. Yeah, whenever I was trying to climb. Yep. Same thing with like the API, the summit. Summit same way. Hold on, I got those. one. They just get in the way. So what? The, old, the the best one was the old man, and that's yeah, what that's that. what I was gonna say. Classic. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I had an old man. It was a mine had the footrest come down, and when it had mm. and but I had the one that you could uh you could it's like little pins you could pop up twist over a gun rest or flip down. Oh, and yeah. I think the old man that was the most comfortable street I ever sat in was the old man. Yeah. Because it had the and once you get an old man, the the mesh is real stiff. You have to you have to sit in it. Once it gets Wallered out. I mean, you got a probably two inch, three inches of slag, sag right there, and it's comfy. Uh, I guess it has more seats, pretty comfortable too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, but also it's it's made of materials. It's not supposed to stretch, and also it doesn't absorb moisture. So, like, you know, if you get rain or whatever, you can kind of like knock it out, and you're not going to have a wet butt when you sit in it. So pretty much, nice. it's like a basketball net. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's that's what it looks like. I mean, but it's, it's tighter mesh. But yeah. Um, but yeah, because you can. That's another thing. So I use a, I use the summit last year. I mean, I've always had a summit. Dude. Anyone from the southeast, man, if you didn't have a summit, bro, you ain't an American. I'm joking. That is not, I don't. Was, I never had a summit. <laughs> we always had summits growing up. But uh, the that summit seat, dude, like the like their padded seat is huge, man, and it's always you're climbing. It's all up in your freaking face, man. Like you're trying. Oh, dude, it's terrible. Especially when you're going. Let me think here. Yeah, when you're going up, it's a pain because it's just, it bunches up on your knees while you're trying to come up. But anyways. You can even on the summits, you can still get that uh, the uh, has more seat, and you can slide it all the way back up against the tree. And like, dude, you just feel like you got a lot of room. Also, I feel like it's a little bit safer because like when you're up in a climber and you try to like turn around and stuff, depending on how big the climber yeah. is, that seat this is like bunch up against you. Mm -hmm. I've had in the summit uh, before. I was using a uh, like a third arm uh, um, tensioner strap where you strap the bottom piece to the top piece and you like cinch it down. And as long as you're standing in it or whatever, you have pressure on it, like it, it keeps at the top from shifting. Mm -hmm. I had one time, this was last year, and I went to turn before I put the strap on. I went to turn and my leg, my back leg, brushed up against the seat and like moved the seat. And then it shifted the whole platform, the whole top slide down like four inches. Oh, I've it had scared, that. scared the hell out of me. I've had that happen too. So. And uh, except the, the top 
slammed down like the the tree I was on evidently was really really straight mm. and as soon as it you know lost that traction it fell all the way down hit my bottom platform my bottom platform dropped four inches so I went doom doom like I mean it was <laughs> with no safety yeah. harness on I thought my butthole just clenched <laughs> up is like <laughs> so, so you told your setup and I'll tell mine what, it's going to be the cruiser saddle. Yep. Most time, I'll, mostly all the time. Platform. I got the Ridge Runner, but I'm I'm, I'm going to get the the uh, Predator XL. That thing is. Yep. I'm I'm going to have it, and then I'm going to use the. Uh, I got four, Shakar sticks. Set up the 15 inch or 16 inch ones. Single oh, you step. get the minis. Okay. Yeah. How do you like those, by the way? Just not to get too sidetracked. Oh, it's man. Sweet. The, the only ones I can compare them to is the Long Wolf, the Long Wolf Custom Gear, as far as like the. Well, I, I've only you had some, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I thought you had some. I, I never used them, but I've seen them. And uh, the, the Shakar sticks is I, don't, I, I like low profile. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way I got it set up, I can strap my. I'm, I'm gonna use two sticks and a like a two or three step aider. I can strap them to my back of my saddle. And uh, but also Carl from Tether, that little wrap he's got, that little pouch. For for the uh, rappel room? Yeah, but the way he was talking, you, you could say you could put sticks in there too. The way the way he was the word. Oh, you, I, I didn't see that part. You could put too many sticks in there. Thought about getting that, but mainly the cruiser is going to be my main main two go, and then I got the, the long wolf hand climber yep. top and bottom. Going to try to get the top of that hand climber to a platform. Probably won't. Probably just use the Predator XL and uh, long the Shakar sticks, the minis, the four of them or two with the. Two or three step aider, and then uh, long wolf hand climber. If I want to hunt, you know, pine trees or up on side of a bluff or something. But other than that, that's, uh, keep by, it simple. By the way, uh, with the hand climber, because uh, I think the hand climber is an awesome stand. Um, but also, also, I would highly like anyone that's using a hand climber. I highly recommend getting some of those third arm. It's called. I think they're called third arm uh, bow hangers. No, 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 the, no. The uh, the the uh, stabilizer straps. Has more sales. I got them. It goes from bottom to top. Yeah. Cinch like, it down. Absolutely. If yes. you're using a hand climber. Actually, if you're using any climbers, you need to have those as like a safety fact. Uh, it keeps uh, everything tight. No, yeah, there's no move. And also keeps you like from losing that bottom piece. Because some guys like, I, you know, my old summits, we'd always would tether top portion to the bottom portion. But those stabilizer straps, it does the exact same thing. You just loosen them up when you're climbing. And then when you get to hunting height, you cinch them back down. There's one on each side. And uh, definitely for the hand climbers, definitely do that. But do you ever use a sitting strap with your hand climber? Have you ever seen somebody do that? A sitting strap? Yeah, you can get, like, Lone Wolf sells them, or you can make your own. It's like a webbed, it's like a uh, a webbed belt that attaches to, like, one side of the seat. It's got a carabiner on the other side that's, like, padded, and it's big enough where you can, like, sit. Like, uh, how, am I, how am I trying to explain this for the audio listeners? If you're facing the tree, you have that the top part of the, uh, the seat of the hand climber. There is a strap that attaches from, like, say, the left-hand side, to the right-hand side on the front of the actual uh, the seat platform, and you actually sit on that strap while you climb. So you, you stand up against the tree, run that strap around your butt, hook into it, and then you can sit in it when you're, like, lifting your platform up. So, you, anyways, you don't have to worry about arm fatigue. If not, you got you put a lot of a lot of strain on your arms. Yeah, and your, and your shoulders yeah. and everything else. But a, a lot of things, I'm, I'm going to hunt a lot off the ground this year with a bow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. I mean, it, it ain't going to be sitting. It ain't going to be walking and stalking. It's just going to be just... Find a good travel corridor or pinch point, bluff gap, I'm going to hunt off the ground. That's something I, I was I was thinking about that today as well. Is like there's certain times that like I feel, especially early season, 
pretty confident off the ground in, in different setups. Now, a little bit later in the season, it gets kind of tough, especially when the leaves come off. But I was thinking about that while I was hunting t- up in Tennessee. The spot I was hunting at, it's like, dude, you could have sat off the ground. Actually, there was a spot I almost sat up on where a pinch point, re- I mean, really, I mean, tight train funnel that all these trails are coming through. It was open, like, from the ground to, like, seven feet up. And then, so, like, you couldn't get elevated because the the canopy of these, like, saplings, like, you, there's no way to get eight, ten feet up in the tree because you couldn't see through, like, the vegetation in front of you. But on the ground, you could see. And I almost thought about getting up against this, this you know, a little bit of a drop-off and put my platform right on the ground and just sitting on the platform, not even sitting on the seat, but sitting on the platform, uh, like a seat, and be able to shoot like that. But um, I don't know. The hunting public has really opened my eyes about hunting on me. Aaron used to never hunt off the ground. Zach's always hunt up. Now, now Aaron has, has seen Zach kill these giants off the ground, like in West Virginia, shot that one on the And now Aaron is hunting off the ground more. And I just, I just don't, I, just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't see how it can do but to help you. I I've mean, always had a lot of luck off the ground, a lot. I mean, I'm definitely because I hunt skyline a lot, a lot of hilly. I don't know. I just feel like you don't want to come back to Black Warrior. I'm gonna be there next weekend. You gonna stay for a day and leave no, again? No, at that place. Let me tell me, let me just tell you. I'm telling you, man. I, 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 I give it all credit to Michael Perry and. Uh, it's no joke, dude. Dude, I don't. Well, what's the other guy's name? Jamie McKay. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like they have put years and years and years this damn place. They know where to go. Here I am. I we hunt the national forest or something. I see like forty-five deer in one day, and I'm telling Michael, "Hell, I'm I'm gonna move down here and live in the woods." Yeah, I told and you. Then the next day, I, I told see you, a I deer. said, "This is listen. What do we see? Like about twenty deer." Oh yeah, I mean it's. But a I lot told of you, was, I said, "This is not normal." I said, "This is not the WMA. This is national forest. You'll you're, we'll, you know we'll probably see some deer on the national forest, but." But that WMA, you get into that WMA, and it's a totally different world. But and, and Michael Perry, I really hadn't talked to Michael Perry, only, only with the podcast and a few messages back and forth. But I, I don't know if he sees deer every time he sits in these spots, or if he's, which I, I do know he takes a lot of time off in a rut. Probably the best time to hunt, in my opinion. And I don't know if he's seeing a lot of deer in these spots, like, consistently, or if he might go, like, four or five days dry and then have an encounter. I don't know, because he, he has talked about these bucks making these circles. And on the fourth to fifth day, I think he said, or Jamie McKay, somebody said that. And on the fourth to fifth day, he might have four or five bucks come through these gaps. Yeah, and that's what he's he's saying is he's putting the time in on the stand. Yeah. And he may not see anything for, you know, any bucks for, you know, days at yeah. a time. And then all at once, you know, they'll come, come through those areas. But like that, like the bank, like, I'm like Jamie and, and Michael, like all these big, somebody, somebody shot a big deer last year, no, two years ago, big some last name Morgan, I don't know. Uh, Chad. Chad Mor- Big Deer. Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody and their mama come down here hunting, and they all probably left empty-handed. But like Michael and Jamie, like they years and years of this, these bluff gaps and these pinch points and hunting, and, and it's just I feel like you gotta you gotta put the time in down there because the, the the deer numbers are so low, and it's like every year you're just waiting for the Facebook page to pop up and Michael Perry's killed a one six or Jamie McKay's killed a one fifty. And it, and it ain't just one deer. It's the, they kill. They usually tag out that place. And uh, it lit, well, it's like two and a half hours for me. And I just, oh, it's just too far for me to go and put time in. You can't go down there for a weekend and expect doing good. Mm. No. Yeah. Hell, even a week. Even in a week, you can't go have no, no luck. I don't think, unless you're just pure lucky. So, but Bankhead, I ain't going to be hunting no Bankhead. No Black Warrior for Tyler Malone? No, it's going to be, it's going to be, like I said, Skyline, a little river, maybe once in a while, but. I am. I am. I talk to Zach Eccles a lot now, mm. and uh, 
and you know he killed that giant there and you know he owns his own business and i do own mine it's kind of a similar business we talk about every day now and he asked me last week we need to go he said we need to go hunt so i think we're going to try to scout a little bit not this weekend but the next week you know next week and i don't know when i'll hunt it but i'm about tired of scouting i want something new something it's good to different. change. And plus, change. y'all hunt down here too. And if I need help or whatever, it'd be easy. And hey, listen, we're gonna have some tracking dogs, bro, this year. Well, hey. why, don't, why don't somebody just buy a tracking dog? Huh? Don't tell me Andrew's mutt's a tracking dog. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Clifford. Clifford. Whatever his name is. Gifford. <laughs> What's his name? Gopher. Bridger. Bridger. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. When, when the new dog came to town, Bridget's back in the, in the pan with the mutts. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. And listen, I hate me, hurt Tiffany Me and Jake can give him attention. Yeah, for Bridger, real. Bridger, I mean, us. what is that? Like a cross from a bulldog to a poodle? What is that? Which one? You, oh, Bridger. Oh, Boone. No, no, Clifford. Boone's the, Boone's the one you saw the photo of. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he, he's going to be like. He's a small Munslander. So is that is that like a bird dog for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like so bird dog, tracking dog, German. It's German breed. So what did you get? I got a. Uh, to say, do you even know? No, no, I'm, no. It's it's a Deutsch <laughs> Kurtzar. It's a DK, but for for this this conversation is a. Uh, uh, German short hair pointer, so GSP. Have you put any, any work with them yet, or are you just in the kennel feed them? No, my, mine's a pup. Like mine's like oh, I, yours, I go pick okay. mine up in October. Like October twenty third is when I go pick up in North Carolina from Rusty Gun Kennels. But 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 uh, Boone it is a good looking dog though. Yeah, but oh, he is, dude. He's a smart dog too. So you think he'll be ready to track this year? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think he, like an easy track. Like we're gonna get him on some track dog. Like if you if you kill a deer like anywhere within like an hour of us, or you shoot one, you know you like hey, it's it's down call and like let's see if we can take him out there because he needs to get on some track jobs but he's already doing some tracking stuff they're doing some different um he's doing different like ground disturbance tracking with him like not even using blood just ground disturbance with, like the walking uh with him he's already catching like catching on like extremely quickly uh so he's gonna be fantastic but no my pup's gonna be so little dude like maybe in like december she'll be you know she'll be big enough by by, by december she's gonna be big enough to be able to take out there and and uh and let her, you know, get on some tracks, especially like, especially like a gun track, something where like the deer only went like 25 yards or something like that. If it didn't drop, put the dog on it just to like, you know, really quick reward. Hey, let's get the dog on a track. Plenty of blood. Great. Oh, she found it. Yay. You know, get her all hyped up for it. That um, ain't going to be my track job. No, about four miles across two counties. <laughs> yeah. Four miles across. Okay. Kind of subject here. Michael, tell us what you're going to be hunting with this year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Probably the lone wolf, uh, hand climber top. And, and saddle. What saddle? Yeah, my Phantom saddle that I still have. Um, and, of course, you know, I'll be doing the whole rappel thing. Now, I am going to try to give that uh, a little one-stick stand combination oh, yeah. to try. Yeah, look, That's pretty I, sweet. I, I buy some new gear, and Mike takes it. I never see it again. Oh, I've seen it. That thing weighs 20 pounds. Oh, that that, that uh, one-stick? Yeah. yeah. I've seen it in Tennessee. I thought, damn, what kind, mm. of booby, what kind of booby trap is this? Hey, it weighs right. 20 pounds. Oh, Tyler, you over exaggerate. No, it, no it, like legit. It, it's, I, I it's bet it weighs eight, eight, ten like pounds. About six, it, it, six pounds, probably. And yeah. it's bulky. Like it's kind of like I don't know. It just I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, it's That's bulky. It was, yeah, it was really loud. The um, well, what's loud is the uh, it's got the and it had, it had like two miles with the rope on it. Cam clip. Yeah, that's from I think Catalyst Outdoors. Uh, I think it's the name of the company. Um, that's a good idea though. But I mean, it's oh, it's a it's a it's a hundred percent machine. So like the whole top step leaning platform that's all machined out of like again a piece of aluminum and same thing for like i think the tubing is the same thing too i think it's all machined uh standoffs all that's machined uh so that's one it's expensive dude uh i mean it costs as much as some of the freaking tree stands uh, i'll tell you carl 
because uh, Carl from Tether, his system, I think you, that's the best, best you can go with. He's he got like the repelling thing? The one stick, the way he gets up it, the, the I don't know, he's smooth with it, I guess. I don't And that little pouch, little fanny pack he's got. He had that last year, and I think I was talking to him last year. Maybe it was maybe two years but ago. He done he, a video at the, the Vortex thing, uh, the little giveaway or meet and greet Vortex okay, yeah. in Wyoming. And he done the demo with it, man. It was he was God, but but he's practiced with it, I'm sure. But he is that system with the rappel rope on the side, and he's using one stick and the Phantom, and uh, I don't know. You have to go check it out. It's to me that's the best system. The one stick in this, if you, if you're athletic enough to do it, I think that's the best way to go. Jacob, I know I've seen the videos of the the five step eighter. You were there. What do you mean? You yes, seen what I'm the saying. Video. I'm letting people. You... No, I'm I'm here talking with the audience. So you yeah. might stay with me here. Yeah. Okay. It was embarrassing. Tell that story. <laughs> tell you gotta tell that story. Okay. All right, so hold, hold, so, so, we're, so we're out. We're not gonna name the piece public. Okay. But who gives a shit? Damn it, y'all! It's seventy. Th- oh, get me started. Dead. Go ahead. All right, take over. Man, he's so godded, bro. <laughs> 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 we're gonna put up a t-shirt. No, not many people understand that, but uh, we'll have to bring it back in this episode. It's god. You godded, bro. <laughs> bro, you stay godded. You I got know. to. You be, you be, okay, okay, top, listen, I'm going to start off here. It's a Tyler slang. <laughs> we was at a piece of WMA, a piece of public. Yep. Okay. And uh, I got, I had a system with a wild edge. I had three, three wild edge. Steps. And three wild edge steps. Yep. Steps. And I personally, they're, I, I, I liked them. I hung up on them. And now, which I used them when I shot that deer in Kentucky with them. It's, okay, whatever. Michael hadn't ever seen me do it, and Jacob and Andrew and the whole gang. Clifford was there, the dog and everything was up on the power line. I'm 30 foot in the power line. So, uh, hold on. What, what this, the system is, just to explain to listeners. Okay, the system is three wild edge steps. It is a five-step aider from REI or... Yeah, it's a mountain climbing aider, yeah. And what I did, I put a... Uh, I sold a... Uh, Big hook. What's it called? What's the... Like a ratchet? ratchet. Uh, the hook on it. Yeah, it's what's like the, a ratchet strap okay. hook. Yeah, a ratchet strap hook on it. So And I would take two zip ties and I would t- put two zip ties in the middle of the wild edge step so the hook wouldn't slide back and forth. So we thought. Huh? So we thought. Cause no, the, the problem well, was you. The your problem your was foot kicked no, out. It, it, it Hold on, Mike. I'm fixing burn his ass up. Okay. Calm right, down. I'm going to let you do it. Okay. He's due one. Alright, so okay. Tyler I, I had three wild edge steps, two zip ties in each in the middle of the wild edge steps with my hook that's attached to the aider would not slide. Boom. Here we go to the tree. I'm 30 foot in the tree. Jake comes out. Oh, he's loving it's it. It's a power pole. Power pole. And, and you were up quick. I yeah, mean, what? Five minutes? I was like, I told, I told y'all. It I was, was like, I'm not, I'm not going up to that height. Yeah, yeah it, it was, it was quick too. And I'm probably, I'm, I'm not 220, but I'm redneck strong. You know what I mean? I'm getting there. Country know, strong. That's country strong. Yeah. Okay, so I'm up there, and Jacob's tickled shit. Oh, let me get some of that tie. Let me get some of that. So I come on back. No, I come on back down. I actually was going to leave the top step up there but michael said no he won't never make it that high so I, I come on down to yeah i didn't i didn't have that much confidence not in the uh in the wild edge steps in the aider so i the brought aider I, yeah so all I, it takes is one little <laughs> one little kick as jacob found out okay, so i come going. back down i leave i leave one step up what probably eight foot so jacob's feeling good he might have made dropped 20 30 pounds that week he feels good <laughs> that month he's feeling good so he straps in with the saddle uh he hooks the hook, the aider on the wild edge step. He makes it to the, it's a five step aider. He makes it to the third step. And he's a big SOB at this time, guys. He's, he's, I don't know, he's lost a little bit of weight now. But he, he's right here. He's looking back, smiling, just having a good time. 
And about that damn time, that foot, that foot I'm a video, that foot kicked out. And plus, when you're in the eight or you had put pressure where you toes on the tree, that thing kicked out and his big ass went to swinging like a damn sex swing. <laughs> he was up in that thing. <laughs> I said, oh, shit. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, me and Tyler were filming it. And all of a sudden, you see, like, both of our phones cut out and we just take off running. Both of us are. Why are, why are, elbow you, deep. Why are you filming this? Both of us are elbow, elbow deep, deep up in his, in his ass. Hole. ass. Trying to hold he, him up. He, he, no, he's hung because he can't get his ass up. The leverage was hanging. <laughs> he's just swinging back and forth in that fire line pole. And Andrew's on the ground laughing. And me and, me and Michael were asshole elbows trying to pick him up. And we can't budge his ass. And he, oh, damn, y'all. And we, I, finally, I get on two hands right here and try to push up. And <laughs> I don't know, and he couldn't pull himself because his foot. Oh, he, at one time, like he was laying like long ways. Yeah, he was straight sideways. And I'm telling you, I had at one point I get up there and I'm right here trying to trying to damn cheerleader, and he's a big SOB, and I'm up here right here, and he can't. I, we can't budge him. I said, "Hell, just leave him. Just cut him down. Just cut him down." I mean, it was, and then he didn't make it three steps. Imagine, no. imagine if it all went good until about that, that yeah. third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've been screwed. And what it, I guess uh, is his. Uh, oh, it was his tether. He was holding him, and he was, and he couldn't get his foot back on the tree. He was just. Yeah, I six. He one. got up to that that first little step, which is he feels only good. like <laughs> seven or eight feet. He's just smiling. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, I ain't going up any higher. And we're like, come on, Jacob, you are giving him hell. Uh, well, one more step, and it cost him. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it just, dude, it all came. Yeah, crash if down. you don't have toe pressure on that tree, and you get the, you get the leaning and swaying, then yeah, you come down good. real quick. God, I once get Tyler and uh, Mike, they just like elbow I could deep. Just, I could just imagine you out in the woods, <laughs> dying, and, and nobody out there, and that happens. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I hope like, it's good life insurance for everybody else. But yeah, I, uh, I have noticed the longer the eater, the more sketchier it is. Like a, like a, maybe like a, a two or three, I can handle that. That's why that's what I use. For I'm this. a single step eater. If I use an eater, a single step eater is perfect. We had some that I think Clay. Uh, Collie, not not Harper. Clay uh, Collie made some for Andrew like two, three years ago. Like these little single step aiders that like would like cinch down on like a climbing stick. And dude, they're awesome. It's all and like it's like the perfect. It's like eighteen inch aider, super easy to climb with. And uh, I, that's my that's my, I'm cool with that. I ain't cool with two, three, four, five, a ha- side of a household seventeen. Whatever. I mean, I mean I, to me, a two or three is fine. Carl, I think he uses a two because when he gets that. Or two or three, he gets that stick. Well, know. I think a lot of it has to do is because a lot of us just wasted after the after the very bottom. Yeah, it's like you're not getting that high uh, usually, from what I've seen. And I, I think twelve to fifteen foot is plenty enough to to kill deer off of. As so, as high. back on the story. So somehow we get on the story talking about aiders, but did we ever finish like what Mike's using? He's just using the hand climber. Top uh, hand climber. And, yeah, then, and then I'm gonna maybe give that a shot. Your little. Which one? Catalyst deal. Oh, oh the yeah, one step and, and that one stick thing. Yep. We'll see how that goes. It's cool. It is cool, but the th- it's so loud. The um, it uses the rope cam cleat, whatever, like kinda the sailing like, cleat, like on the uh, the muddy sticks. Yeah, kind of like that. But it's got his own. But the, see, those are quiet. I've got a set of oh, muddies. Oh, they're sweet. It, if, if they went thirty pounds, that'd be the way to go. Yeah, and they're metal too. They're not plastic or polymer like all the other ones are. But anyways, it's no matter how you take. 
the am steel is a it's a double spliced like double whatever you call it spliced am steel so it's like it's rigid it's not you know hollow when you take that out of that cam uh, of that cam cleat dude it there's no way to make it not ting when mm. it closes like i don't care how soft you put it when it touches it's going ding it's 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 like a tuning fork yeah and there's no way like you try to put some uh stealth strips on it or something it's it's internal right yeah it's like something with a spring so that kind of sucks oh mike right here tyler please pg <laughs> um but anyways awesome okay okay I'm, well what's andrew gonna use anybody know what he's uh using? so he's using he's using a cruiser saddle i don't know what platform he's using it's probably one of my platforms so if i had to guess oh who, who's got my mission platform by the way is that you Oh, time out. I use the mission platform in uh, that. Who who makes that? Uh, Zach Oswald, whoever his name is. No, not Zach. He had it. He had it. He let me use it. Like a, uh, on the machine platforms? No, it's it's a mission. Who who makes the mission platform? Uh, trophy line. Yes, okay. They make the saddle too. He had one, and I used it, and I wasn't real impressed with the. the I don't know. I feel like there's not much room on the platform. Well, okay. You use the EP. Use the small one. Okay. I get. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a big one that's like. Yeah. A tree stand. It, okay. It I, okay. It, the one I used, the platform went behind the post. You know, the post was here, and they, they had more. They, they both did. Yeah. They, okay. They, they all it was a that. small one. But the, the the mission, that's the wide platform. It's like 18 inches wide. Okay. Yeah. That's what I It weighed as much as my Lone Wolf. Yeah. It's five and a half uh, pounds. Custom gear, 0.5. Now, the Lone Wolf custom gear uh, saddle platform is sweet. Assault. Yeah. No, no, the assassin ambush, ambush, yeah, ambush. That's what it's ambush. called. Yeah, that that's to me that and the Predator XL is the best best two in the market. To me, that's just because uh, okay. I, I, I like a big platform. I like to be able to turn around and stand. I've, got, back I've to, got to get a seeker from Cruiser, but I've got a, a Predator XL. I've got a Mission. Um, I've got a Ridge Runner. I still like the Ridge Runner too. I do too. I like. Um, I think those are the, those are the three I've got right now. Um, I had I had a regular Predator. Sold that. Um, I, I just like a bigger platform. Personally. That's me. That's, okay, since so all, all the products is on the table here. Okay, let's talk. I know I'm sure y'all do this with Andrew too, but I want to know what is y'all's plans this hunting season? Should we be shooting deer, bro. I'm already like on the board. out of state. Y'all got to catch up. Out of state vacation. Oh yeah, yeah. So Jacob, don't get me started on that deer you shot. Michael, do you want me to do it now? Wait. <laughs> you can do it now. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, guys. Did you send Tyler the photo? Alright, guys, this, Tyler is, Tyler, this is Tyler speaking on the podcast still. Oh, God. Let me tell y'all something. You know, and I wasn't going to do this. Andrew, Andrew wanted it. Andrew wanted me Andrew to do this. It. He's dirty. Do you want me to or not, Jacob? Oh, you can do it. You can do it. All right. Hey, All right, I talked about it in the last episode, but I know you can We hit from a different angle this time. Let's go, guys. Uh, this is Tyler again. Uh, <laughs> we should have still recorded. It is. We're about an hour and 20. Okay. All right. I, I pull up to Michael's house. You know, Jacob, and listen now. I've been with Jacob when he shot some deer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. Take about the best shot. We all know it. My clan either. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pissed for myself. But Jacob, he don't call shit. He don't. I mean, if, if it's brown, it's down. I mean, I have witnessed that. I mean, it's. So I, I, I get the, you know, of course, he shot this big ass doe, you know, big doe in Tennessee this past weekend. And he posts a picture, you know, I'm thinking clean shot. One shot, kill, boom, let's go track. Let's cut a tin loin. Okay. I get here to Michael's house. He said, Andrew wants you to say something on the podcast about, about Jacob. <laughs> so, so Michael fills me in. And then, you know, listen, y'all, y'all, this is Tyler again. I don't cut no shit. I mean, I'm just straight, you know, to the cloth here. Michael shows me this picture. And this doe looks like it's been, it's been ran through a, a five-year-old archery class at, <laughs> at the First Baptist in Geraldine. Okay. 
This dough has so many arrows sticking in it. I mean, the first Baptist shooting class for beginners. This dough ran through. They got shot 20 times. I mean, come on. Now, listen, this is Tyler again. Listen, listen. He showed me this picture. This one had, it got shot in the brisket. It got shot in the belly. I had to explain that one to me. Then it got shot high shoulder. So... Everywhere but everywhere but the vitals, and God bless it. Here I am trying to come up with an explanation of what happened, but I can see it—the high shoulder and the brisket, but the damn white belly. What did it do? Did it remember while you were sleeping and you shot it? Sorry, guys. All right, is the uh, kind of the defense stand up and <laughs> talk? You might as well just walk out the door on that one. <laughs> you, you can't no. compete with that one. No, it was terrible. So no. So what happened? I, I told this on the podcast. I didn't go that much detail, but appreciate you for giving that image. Listen, um, that was, I didn't want to, Jacob. Andrew, it's all Andrew. And, um, Andrew and Clifford. And Clifford. <laughs> no. So so what happened was she came in. Uh, it's about eight or nine yards. You, oh, better, you better make it good, Jack. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's, it's <laughs> I'm good. just waiting for you to explain. So she came in and she, <laughs> laid, laid, she laid on her back for me. <laughs> she jumped up on two legs. I got her. I uh, shot her. <laughs> nope. So anyways, she came out. Long story short, quarter and away, brought, quarter and away shot. He's so combat. So he's so, oh, yeah. No, listen, look, look, look. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Take it away. All right, quarter and away shot. She's like at nine, ten yards. I don't know. That's what was bad. Hold on, nine yards. Oh, yeah, but but listen, hold on, Jeez. Michael Con- just let, let him have his moment. Yeah, Michael was like, he said, "Man, I thought you shot her like at 40 I'm like, "No, she was like nine yards, dude." So, shoot a 625 grain arrow. I'm shooting my 20 yard pin. I don't even think about it. I'm just because uh, I've shot you know 15, 20 yards. I shoot, and I didn't realize I'm shooting about four inches high at where she's at. Maybe even five inches high. Okay, but right behind the shoulder, I shoot, and it hits her top of the top of the back. Goes right through the spine. Number one. No, yeah, number one. And it comes and it's hanging out the, the front side of the other shoulder. Okay. Well, it spines her. She goes straight down. Well, she gets behind this tree that she was behind previously, and I can't see her. And she's, you know, doing what a spine deer does, which isn't pretty. So I'm trying to climb out of the tree. And then I see her under the, like, past the tree. And I see a picture of, um, are you filming me for real, dude? All right. So, like, white, I see white hair and I see brown. And I'm like, well, she's, she's wounded. I need to put another arrow in her. So I grabbed an arrow, yeah. shot, boom, and it hit her. And then she kept doing what she was doing. So I grabbed my, one of my other arrows, climbed out of the tree, walked up to her, and she's laying on her side. Oh, Michael. <laughs> oh, Michael. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. I'm sorry. I apologize. All right. You walked up to her, and you still couldn't hit the vitals. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> No, 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 no. That's what he just said. He walked up to her and shot her so in the no, belly. This, no, no, no. So this is this is my this is my thought because I'm I'm listen, I'm thinking about the arrow. I'm like I'm. It's probably shouldn't talk about. <laughs> Let it go, Jake. Just admit it. I want to shoot her in the heart. Okay, and she's laying on her side. So instead of walking point blank, I got it was like five yards from her. I shot her right in the getting brisket. Went up through the heart, cut the top of the heart out, and then it lodged up in the neck. Okay. Then she died. And she she died. Okay. There's another one. No, no. no oh no, it's just. A th- <laughs> God, and uh, and yeah, that was it. So it was not pretty. So, but anyways, I didn't shoot. I didn't want to shoot her through the. I was gonna just shoot her in the heart from that distance. So again, it was like from he to like the computer right there. So what do you well, do? you know, I, I didn't want to say all this, but Jake, I mean, Andrew wanted me to. And you know, it's probably the, the first Baptist archery class was far too much. But so let's hear about your bear story. Yeah, we got, we got, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's mm. only fair. Yeah. 
Uh, we, we going yard picking. Uh, it's Tyler again, y'all. Uh, this t- <laughs> hey, we can get in the zone. Hold on. Hold on. What, what time of the year was it? Was it like uh, October? Uh, it was early season, I thought. It was. It was oh, yeah, October November. 20th, yeah. 25th, you know, Halloween. Uh, nice little cool front. Yeah. Okay, it, it was at Little River. Uh, probably 20 minutes from my house. So I go in there, and I found a good... I'll tell you how. Let me tell you how. Okay, that's 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards off the road. Give or take. Mm-hmm. All right, I go in there. I feel a big old white oak hanging down, and leaves and you know, dropping deer shit in there. And uh, I wasn't thinking until I got up in the tree, but hell, the whole damn limbs are hanging down and on the ground here. I thought how big old windstorm just came through, and I thought he's leaving down and deer's eating off the limb on the ground. I get set up in a tree about. Hold on, before you went in, you talked to your buddy, and you said, "What does this look like?" You said, what does bear look like? That's what he said. And no, I exact, called him. I called him. I was in there. He's like, what does bear look like? What does bear look like? I called him. I was in there. And uh, he said, well, this and then. I said, well, ain't no way. That's what it is. Ain't no damn way. What's the odds? So I climb up in the tree. I'm hanging out there in about dark. I'm in a full deer sign, too. I ain't about dark. Uh, he's something black just skirting the edge of the timber right there. I thought, oh, here he comes in. He's coming. And I'm thinking, you know, I caught a glimpse of it, and I thought, oh, it's deer. So I get ready about that time. And it was downwind, too. That's what scared me. Downwind, he didn't even budge. He just kept coming in. And uh, it was a black bear. He comes about 30, uh, about 60 yards, I'm thinking. It's getting dark. Got no light. It's illegal to kill a bear. He hops on the phone with his wife. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll tell you. Hop on the phone. Get on the phone. I'm videoing everything. Well, what's the bear doing? Oh, he's trying to get me. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was on the phone with my wife. I said, listen, honey, listen. If this and go down, if it's going shoot this bear, I'm going to ease the truck, and we're going we're gonna to let it ride, okay? He was like, on the phone, he's like, baby, baby I, need, I need you to call the, call oh, the yeah, game yeah. ward. Look up, call the game <laughs> ward. Find out if it's legal to shoot this thing. He's like, I'm so scared. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you, Michael, back up now. I'll give you one, two Mayweather. Listen, listen, okay, and bar- listen. And what had me scared was he was no scared of me at all. Downwind. Most time when they're downwind, they fly off, don't they? They just go. Mm-hmm. Most time. He comes to 20 yards. I'm screaming to hell. My hunt's over. <laughs> this, this, is, this is how he's screaming, though. <laughs> this is how he's screaming, yeah. though. He's, he hey. says, <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all, get out of here. Get out of here. Hey, shoot. Get, shoo, get out of here. Get out of here, bear. Do it. Reenact the whole thing. I, I, I come shoo. in. Hey. I'm about the size of that bear, too. So, you hey, know, hey, imagine he me comes about 20, 20 yards. Hey, get out of here. Shoot, 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 shoot. Get out of here. Go on now. Get. Right there, right there. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm whispering. I'm like, hell, that's over. Hunt's over. And I, then I call my wife about shooting, shooting a bear on the, on the property, the public land. And of course, you can't. And so at this point, I'm throwing. I'm, I, I threw I threw my quiver at it. I mean, I'm. it's freaking dark, man. It doesn't get dark. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here with a bear. Finally, I don't, I don't know why. Finally, it went away. And it's all on video. You can go check it on YouTube. I mean, it's all on video. I said some cuss words I shouldn't have said. But, I mean, I was scared to death. I mean, I was I was worried when we got a kid at home and shit, you know, man. Tell them, tell them, uh, tell the audience what it was that you were, it was almost like you were doing. It was like you had a good day of, um, oh my like God. a good day of yard sales is what you said. You said, I was, you said, I got, I got, I got, I got down there. You said, I got all my stuff up in my hands. It's, oh, yeah. You said, it's like a good day of yard sale. <laughs> yeah. You said, I took off back to the truck. Oh, yeah. All I, the stuff in my hands. Yeah. 
I got down. He finally walked off away from me. I got down at the bottom of the tree and uh, I gathered my shit like I had a good day of Saturday morning yard sale. You know, when you get a lot of good shit, you just hustle the truck to make sure nobody won't steal that shit from me or try to buy it from me. Had a good day at the yard sale, took my shit, and went to the truck as quick as I could, and I haven't been back to that spot yet. That's that's good, man. I'm telling you, I don't, have y'all seen a bear in the wild? Be honest. What do you mean in the wild? Like hunting, like in, in no, not at your no. Birmingham Zoo. Well, you're gonna get you a little bit of that at dusky dark. Promise you, you act, you act just like I did. Get on out of here, shoo, shoo. Get here, little fella, go. <laughs> Dude, it, it looked like he wanted a little bit, a little bit of Tyler. Dude, I'm telling you, it's a good setup too. Haven't been back soon, but let's get back on where we're going hunt at this year. I'm going to Missouri. Are you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going. No, I'm actually going to. Uh, bought my Kentucky license. Okay. So Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri. Uh, is he still going? No, he done backed out. Jacob backed out. Well, me, Michael, and Clay, and like, two of his buds going to Missouri for. They're gonna kill some deer. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I've took off. 18 days. I, I got no no clients get 18 days. Oh, hey, you can, you can come back and hunt Tennessee? Yeah, that's what we, we want to come back. I'm going to try to kill yeah. earlier. What's my, I mean, if the first one, 130, I want to shoot it. One, I mean, I'm going to be honest the with you. first 130. I mean. Todd, we all know you. Don't I like you wouldn't shoot a, Jacob? 105 inches. Have you may get on Hey, your, this guy doesn't shoot anything, anything under 130 inches. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Missouri with Michael and Clay and some of his buddies. I'm going to try to, I bought my Kentucky license because I want to go up there and hunt big rivers when it's December. All the food plots are planted. No pressure. Is that That's after the gun hunt, right? Yeah. Because gun hunt's like in November. I got a quota to gun hunt there. I'm going to go hunt with a bow. <clears throat> Hunting food plots in December. No pressure. Uh, matter of fact, I still have 12 cameras at big rivers since two years ago. You sure they're there? Yeah, they're all Python locked. Oh, really? And my buddy Justin Hogan, he went up there. And he, that's when I asked y'all about that tracking dog, my new one. Yeah. He shot one up there. It's probably 120 inch deer. And he couldn't find it. And the day before that, he checked all my cameras and all of them was still there. And, and they're, the, they're the cheap ones to where you can't get the SD card out unless you completely unlock everything. It ain't it ain't that brand. But uh, they're all still rocking. I lost the key to all of them. So I'm going to have to <laughs> take boat colors and cut them. The damn Python lock cost more than a camera did. But uh, Kentucky late season uh tennessee because i live 45 minutes from tennessee i can hunt it whenever and in missouri and uh i'm gonna try to spend 18 days worth up there i mean i don't care i mean if it takes in missouri well i got i got i'm off 18 days straight so, so if missouri, I hunt, really missouri and tennessee yeah missouri and tennessee, but yeah. I, i'm not leaving missouri unless i kill something yeah yeah i'm right but if i had a time and, off that'd be awesome I, I'm, I'm of all the hunts like because we're going to iowa this year I'm, I'm pretty fired up from that but uh that missouri trip this that place plus, is so cool. Plus, knowing where where we're going, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be. Oh yeah. I think it's time of the year is gonna be great too. Well, have y'all decided exactly when y'all going up there? October twenty eighth through until we tired come home. Let me ask about Iowa. Wait, I'll I'll, tell you. wait, what about Iowa? Yeah. It's just my opinion now, and I've, I've I've looked at Iowa. I got one preface point for Iowa. The more points you have, better zone you draw. Correct. Did y'all y'all probably drew a shit zone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So why would y'all go? Now listen, why would y'all go to Iowa and spend six hundred dollars? I don't know how much is it. Yeah, it was six hundred. On a zone, is it because Iowa is better than you hunt here? The worst in Iowa. Iowa zone is better than you hunt here, or I why can, not? I can tell you, it's no worse than driving all the way out to Wyoming to shoot Alabama deer. Okay, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> but 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 why why not wait? 
two more years on the next year and go to like a better zone. Because I may move there by then. Yeah, we're yeah. We're, we're, we're moving. We're moving, Tyler. I'm just saying you could. I'm just like for real. Why not wait? Well, why, why? I mean, why? Why spend six hundred bucks on like a? I know anywhere in Iowa is better than anywhere in Alabama. I know, but a shitty zone when you could spend another year or two years and go hunt like a good zone. Well, I'll say this: I know guys that had the same mindset. And they say, you know, there's like hot zones, like you get, you know, zone four and five that are always hot. Southeast uh, Missouri has like five points on it. Oh no, I know guys with five points that didn't even draw it this year. So it's got point. Cre- I mean, it's more and more people are putting in yeah, for it. Yeah. So like, you know, sooner or so later, the higher the higher points. So say say they draw it at six points next year, but by the time they get back up, it might take ten points to draw it next time to go to that same zone. So 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 one point, one preference point. Is like ten leaps and bounds from two preface points, or how does that? No, so so kind of the, again same system out west with the preference point system. They only have certain amount of tags. So say there's a thousand non-resident tags they're they're giving out. Okay, well the people with the highest preference points that's put in. So say someone put in they had ten points, that person's going to automatically draw if it's on average a five to six point unit. Right? Yeah. On average, five to six points will draw it. Someone with ten points is going to automatically draw it. Not then it goes to nine points, eight points, seven points. Six points, and the problem is, if you have people that keep putting in for like buying the buying the uh, preference point, <clears throat> but they don't put in for the actual to, to hunt, get drawn. it's called point creep because people are holding on to their points and they're not putting in every year. So they may have enough points to draw, but they never put in, so they don't know. So they keep buying points, and then by the time they do put in for it, they're at six, seven, eight points. They're putting in for that hunt, and it makes it where guys at five and six don't have that opportunity. Instead of them actually putting in for it every year. See a point creep. Same things happen out west as well. So that's the issue. And here's my thought. For one, I'm impatient. Well, that's number one. So I'm not going to wait that long. Number two is if I have a 90-something percent chance to draw it now, that means I got a 90-something percent chance next year probably in the next year. So you hunt you hunt Iowa three years in a row. Yeah. Feasibly, you could, yeah. yeah. You, I could hunt three or four times before you could hunt it once. Mm-hmm. Three or four times. Surely you're going to run up on something. Yeah. And even, I didn't think even, about it like that. Even that being the case, I was talking, uh, no, actually Clay was talking to uh, one of the area biologists or whatever, and he was saying that, I mean, there's still like some really big deer that get killed out there. I was talking to somebody. Now, where we drew, if you were trying to draw uh, an archery tag, it would be still pretty, somewhat, di- pretty difficult to draw it. I mean, you're not drawing it with, one point or zero. So you're going late, late shotgun. <clears throat> He's going shotgun. I'm going muzzler, late muzzler. Is Clay going with you, or is, it just, is yeah, Andrew it's me going? And Clay. Me and Clay and his buddy. And then me and Michael Perry are going uh, late shotgun, which is the last hunt of the year. They uh, are going late muzzle. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, late muzzle. So, 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 Mike, you're going Tennessee again? Or are you done there? Yeah, I'm going. Me and me and Clay were talking about if we tag out in Missouri, we're coming back through Tennessee. Oh yeah. Same as you. Yeah. So, but. Uh, up to like, up till the Missouri trip, you're not hunting nowhere but Bama. Yeah, probably not. Well, no, I'll take that back. I'll probably, I don't know. I may go to Tennessee. So Tennessee, I mean, so Tennessee, Missouri, and Iowa, and Iowa. Yeah. So yeah. Jacob, there'll be plenty of deer that I can yeah, miss. Yes, so for you, yes. Yeah, so I'll be in uh, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Iowa, and potentially Arkansas. And I, if if that if I do that, actually, I need a. Got, I just got a new muzzler, so it'd be for a muzzler hunt um, in uh, Missouri. Or not Missouri. God, God, got me so confused right now. In Arkansas. So I've got to get my new system uh, all dialed in for that because uh, that will be – when I go up there, it'll be the uh, 
season starts the sixteenth. It's only about a week long, so of October. So it'll be a couple weeks from now. So brother's up there hunting right now, dude. He's all over some nice bucks. That's just not the place I'd go look for a big deer. But I don't know that one guy. What's his name? Shot that giant with a longbow. Oh, uh, Ron Poole. Yeah. No. Him, oh, oh, you're talking about you're talking about Maynard uh, or something. Uh, uh, Jonathan Moreland. Jeez, That's I was, I was thinking about oh Ron. Now, did, did he he's videotape in, the whole hunt? He's in Arkansas. Is he? In yeah, he actually okay. lives. So Richard Fott knows him, and he's like, yeah, he's, he'd be an awesome guy to have on podcast. But he's like, he'll never come on. And I'm like, yeah, I know because I've talked to him uh, or message him. So, Mr. C. Ron Poole. We're talking about Jonathan Moreland. I I know, but you were talking about. Ron does you no? I know Ron. You you, you didn't think Jonathan lived in Arkansas? Uh, I, for some reason, I thought he lived in like Mississippi. Oh no, no. A, he filmed the whole hunt. He just filmed his reaction after. He, Did you not watch the video? No, it was like two minutes long. I thought it was just like an interview, like a. Wait, wait. What are you talking about? The fact that he had like like a couple of Facebook clips. No, no. no he, you need to go watch the video. The on whole YouTube. it's thirty eight. It's like forty minutes long. Oh, dude. okay. It, I didn't it, see it that. is legit. It is some of the best footage you've ever seen. Off yeah. of what? What do you want to film on? Cell phone. No, he's got. You full, need to go watch it. He, okay. he he actually films like hunts, like legit. He's even got the bucks on his trail camera fighting in front of it. And I yeah, I, I seen that. The other one's bigger. I thought the other buck fighting that big uh, buck. Uh, uh, it it, it would have been this year, but he got hit by a car. He thinks, and he went downhill. And he's only like four and a half years this old. Is this public? No, no. Oh, this, this, okay. is, this is uh, high fence. No, I'm just I'm just messing with. Jeez. Uh, but anyway, God from Arkansas, that's a huge deer. Yeah, monster, hundred I think you know per buckmaster is one hundred and eighty six. That's state record, Arkansas, isn't it? For a longbow. Oh, so one thing I was talking to Jonathan, he might not want me to tell this, but he potentially has the top three state record bucks with a longbow in Arkansas. He just hasn't get the other two officially scored. Wow. So from Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, man. Old Arkansas, woo pick suey, man. Mm. They got a decent football team this year. Oh, four and zero. Oh. I know. Go Razorbacks. Oh, until this weekend, I think they play Georgia this weekend. You want to wager on it? Oh, actually, well, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be after the game. <laughs> so we'll we'll figure out how how it, how it rolls. But well, let me ask because we're running from two hours right now. Y'all got uh, any other things y'all want to discuss? Any other crap talking, Tyler? You got? I'm done. Any any tips? Want to leave the listeners until next time? You got anything, Michael? Other than Michael never talks. This is the most I've ever heard him talk. I'll be honest. What do you got, Jacob? You getting anything to? No, I was gonna wrap bright? it up, but you know, unless y'all got anything else to say, let's wrap her up. Uh, I'll probably say if you got a chance to hunt out of state, go. Well, that's, good, that's what I mean. Good piece of advice. I, if you guys, because um, and, and don't let me tell you what I have wasted more days waiting on somebody to go hunting, like somebody to go with. So don't ever wait on nobody. Yeah, I learned that quickly. Just mm-hmm. go hunt. It's like don't. Michael, Michael never go hunt with me, so I just had to go start going with myself. Don't, don't ever wait on anybody else to go hunting with you. Just discuss if you don't you're gonna be wasting you're gonna be waiting forever yep same thing when i hear about people going out west you know out west that you know it might be nice to have a buddy but like worst case scenario dude you just gotta go solo actually so jonathan just got back jonathan moreland just got back from uh, idaho hunting um elk with a i get a, a guy i want to interview for the podcast so i'm not gonna i won't name drop him because i don't want anybody else to interview him but i guess ah well i just said anything about john it was old drew and uh drew's from Arkansas. he kills some he's killed the crap out elk last seven years every year he's gone out there he's killed elk like really nice elk with his bow but uh he's he's a you know he's a buck killer too um but uh jonathan was like dude it it was a different world because he's always wanted to go out there and you know finally had somebody he could go with and he's like you know it was good to kind of be up underneath somebody's wing that really knows kind of what they're doing have success so 
But, uh, yeah, that's a good piece of advice, Tyler. You just got to make the hunt happen. Michael, anything? Shoot straight, shoot once. Mm. I feel the shade, bro. You go for both of us. That's a good point. Awesome. Well, guys, appreciate y'all listening to this week's episode. Again, it's a little more of a ramble session on this one, but uh, we'll be back with next week's episode. Get some other just fantastic guests that we're super excited about uh, coming out for the rest of this fall, guys. So uh, very heavy lineup coming out. Uh, if y'all have anyone, though, that you want to hear specifically uh, interviewed, uh, you can shoot us a message as well. Let us know. And also, by the way, if you're having any success uh, on the podcast or, or from the podcast, uh, using tips and tactics covered by guests or even us, let us know. Shoot us a, uh, a message either off uh, social media or at our email, which is info at the Southern Outdoorsman.com, and let us know kind of what worked for you. And we may interview you for a future episode of the Southern Outdoorsman listener success story. Thanks again. Y'all have a blessed week. We'll see you back here for Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear how do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.